whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Start things out here by going to the email box. Mark, I believe you have uh, something about young people getting hurt by their parents and what they should be feeling about it. it am I approaching that correctly? What's the, what's the email? This is from Jay. Uh, it says, uh, hi, Mark. I'm a fan of Harry Brown. Uh, I do love Harry Brown. Yep. Presidential candidate in... Uh, the late nine, great. 96 and 2000 for the Libertarian Party. That's correct. Okay. Uh, I always... And he was. He was really a great... Best-selling author, too. He was, he was a great um, candidate. I always recall his essay to his daughter, Nobody Owes You an Anything, or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. What if your parent beats you and molests you? Is the response to be just let it pass or just uh, run away and leave it behind? One of the central tenets of libertarian um, of libertarianism is to adhere to a policy of nonviolence. I'd like to hear opinions on this issue. What if you had done nothing worse than being born, but you were always treated poorly? More generally, the issue of an eye for an eye versus uh, turn the other cheek. But I would still like to hear opinions on the specific issue as well as general case. Well, I would say that uh, definitely letting it go, I think, would be the most positive thing just mentally. I don't know if this is from a libertarian perspective or anything like that. I don't think libertarianism specifies turning the other cheek or self-defense. I think that both uh, are libertarian ideals in that the libertarianism is only a system of uh, believing and understanding that initiating force is inherently wrong. So libertarianism says that it's okay to turn the other cheek, and it's okay equally to defend oneself if uh, if attacked. But if you're talking about a situation where a young person has been abused sexually or physically or whatever uh, as they were being uh, as they were growing up. Sure, you could go after your parents if you wanted to, but then won't that just cause more strife in your mind? Won't that just be uh, put you in, in a more uncomfortable place in that you will have to continue dealing with a court situation or having to continue con- you know, receiving contact from people that you may not actually appreciate contacting you anymore? Wouldn't it be easier to just cut those ties and move ahead with whatever it is that's important in your life? I, I don't know that... Um I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, for one, I've never been... I didn't in, say I knew. I asked, wouldn't it be? Yeah. That's just what I feel. I, I have never been in this circumstance. Uh, I, I, I hear that um, you know they, that uh, people that uh, have been molested find it very therapeutic to uh, have their molesters uh, you know, see justice. And mm-hmm. I think that the only form of justice that you're currently going to see is with police. I think that it's fine and dandy to involve the police um, if you've been in a situation of uh, you know, theft or uh, you know, violence or something like that. If it's just a little theft, I don't know whether I get the police involved, because sometimes they'll take the opportunity of a burglary to poke around your house and find things um, that you may not want them to find. But, yeah, I think that if it, if it bothers you a great deal, um, you know, go to the, go to the police and, and uh, see if you can get some justice meted out. I don't know if you will. Mm. Um, and certainly it, it may help, uh, you know, prevent it from happening to someone else. But... Um, for, also, I'd like to say that it's very unlikely that your parents, your natural-born parents, will be the ones to molest you. I mean, usually it's somebody else. Your step, uncle or something. Uncles, stepfathers, stepmothers, things like that. Uh, the the only one uh, less likely to uh, molest a uh, child from the mother is the father. Um, the father hmm. is the least likely. Really? That's yeah. interesting. Well, it's because he's less likely to be there. Um, oh, okay. Because children are, you know... Um, 
if these if, things happen, and usually it's in split homes. And the I want to hear there. what Wayne has to say about this. But yeah, I mean, if you feel like that's going to provide you with the catharsis you're looking for by going through the process of trying to bring them to some form of justice, then you know, pursue that. Yeah, but uh, I, I personally I don't know feel that it like will. I personally feel like it would be easier to focus on healing oneself and moving ahead with your life. But uh, Wayne, how do you feel about this issue? You know, it depends on what it is, and I think they say time heals all, and yet over time, sometimes what will happen is you'll, you'll, you'll suppress something for a long time, and then you need to deal with it at some point in your life. When you do, maybe you need to confront them or write to them or who, whatever, and it, again, it depends on the severity of the, of the perpetration against you, mm-hmm. but um, to go out and shoot them or something, no. That's, to, yeah, taking, no. taking the justice into your own hands is really only going to result in bad things yeah, for you. Bad stuff. You don't well, want to you do know, that. violence begets violence and all that. It's certainly yeah. not a positive thing. But there, there are situations I think that can be pretty positive at times where you can go back years later. Maybe you just got away from that person, and whether it's a parent or relative, and then at some point you confront them in, in, a, in a way that's not threatening. And sometimes they'll say, I don't know what you're talking about. And other times they'll say, I'm so sorry. Mm. You don't know. And Sometimes it's worth taking the chance, but you have to assess that um, individually. Yeah, depending on your circumstances. Yes. So I hope that answers the question. Yeah, you know, I mean, you you do get to make a choice as to, um, if, for yourself, how it affects you. Uh, you. Every day you get to make the choice, and, uh, you know, that's that's something you can decide uh, for yourself. I'm, I'm not saying it's easy. I've, I've never been there, but... Um, you know, if if this uh, these this molestation that occurred, mm-hmm. if you uh, gave it the significance that you give, say, taking out the garbage one day, then that's the significance it's going to have. If you give it the significance of the most important uh, you know aspect of your life, then it's going to have that significance. So you get to which pick. one would you choose? I mean, which one would you prefer? I know which one I'd like. I'd like to make it being taking out the garbage, take it out one last time, and then move ahead. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, and another way to uh, see healing in this area is to help people that have, uh, you know, had that same problem. That's a good point. Um, you can see, so you can have... As vi- many of the former uh, polygamist uh, victims, if you will, have been helping others escape from that, just as a, a recent example of exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's much more... Uh, I, I'm sure that's much more healing for them, seeing other people being rescued from a similar situation than... You know, a, a $200 a month or a week check coming in from your former molester or abuser. I, that's just how I feel. Well, I you're not going to get that. I, now you're talking now. You're you're in this sort of uh, libertarian world that you imagine, where uh, you know people that people that have harmed you in some way you know, do uh, you know give you some kind of uh, restitution. restitution or something. Well, that They'd would be ideal, right? I mean, it, I would it would, but you're not going to get that today. And no. the people out there that might be listening that that, that happened to aren't going to get that. So all they're going to get is the bad guy. That uh, person know, will be pay, enslaved and you'll have to pay for step it. Stepdaddy or whatever is going to be off in jail. And you'll be paying for it. Uh, well, you know, yeah. yeah, likely your tax bill will not reflect it. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's... But then you can tell yourself, I mean, you can you can tell yourself that your tax bill doesn't reflect it and that it hasn't changed because of it. That might be true. But at the same time, the money that you're paying in taxes at that point is then going to keep your abuser alive. So how would that feel? Yeah, I mean, you're feeding him, you're housing him. It may not be the greatest circumstance in the world, but it, it, it you know, there are worse ones too. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. If you've been in a similar circumstance, perhaps you've had um, physical or sexual abuse as a young person, or maybe even as an adult, and you've uh, you've chosen to move on, or perhaps you've chosen the other and you've chosen to try to bring that person to what some sort of justice. 
Yeah, how has that hand how has that been for you? What was your path like? And can you tell us your story at one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one? Because all three of us have not fortunately have not had that experience. It's yeah, I mean, it's gotta be tough, but you know, uh, the, the thing is, is I've had bad people do bad things to me, mm-hmm. and one of the things that makes me feel better about that, and I'm not saying that, you know, it's it's not on the scale, but one of the things that makes me feel better is if something happens to me where I come out on the, with the uh, with the fuzzy end of the lollipop, I say, well, you know, I'd rather be the guy that trusts and uh, you know is is open to new relationships and and new people and good people than the guy who's not. And at, le- at the very least, I don't have to be that person who's always out looking to scam the next guy because they've got to live in their own skin and that skin's got to stink. Um, the world has to, their worldview has to be really crappy in order for, you know, that to be the, the, the case. So at, at the very least, I get to be the good guy in my own mind. I don't know if this is related. Uh, it certainly wasn't abuse necessarily, but there was at one point uh, somebody out there in the world of the Internet's who decided to start up their own white supremacist radio show and take on our show name. Um, and, you know, I don't believe in copyright or any of that stuff, so whatever. I just You said, stuck with it. Okay. Uh, anybody out there can call their show Free Talk Live. I don't care. Go ahead. Good luck with, you know, good luck with that. But uh, Karma came right around to bite him. He uh, ended up getting so angry at his wife over something. Maybe she was cheating on him. Well, I don't know. That's what he claims. That he, uh, he killed her and then killed himself. Gosh. So his show's done. and I didn't have to lift a finger. You can bring up anything. Many of these people that abuse are probably living in their own personal nightmare. Leave them to it. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Those features, by the way, include the bulletin board system. We've got over 340,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there. Over 2,000 of our listeners participate. You can get interactive. It's totally free. Go to bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. You want to move to New Hampshire but don't know where you're going to live? Porkmanor.com is a new site that connects freedom-loving landlords with freedom-loving renters. Landlords can easily manage the display of their rentals, including uploading photos and videos. Renters can find a place where they'll be living with libertarians and even anarchists. It's simple, efficient, cheap, and effective. Porkmanor.com. That's P-O-R-C Manor.com. 1-800-259-9231. Since we're talking about abuse, let's talk about what the government's going to be doing to people over in Great Britain. Wayne, what's happening? State busybodies want to pry into your bedroom secrets. According to the Daily Mail from yesterday, government inspectors are to ask intimate questions about sex lives, it was revealed. More than half a million people every year will be asked about their past and present sexual partners, contraception, and how long couples have lived together before marriage. The 2,000 questions are part of the integrated household survey, and the responses now, will be wait, logged. Wait, 2,000 questions? Yes. <laughs> what? There's, I guess there's 2,000 questions. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <Whoa. laughs> well, there's a lot of questions there, and the responses will be logged with the, res- the respondents' names and addresses, which is interesting, too. Hmm. Civil servants insist that the sensitive personal information will be made anonymous once the files arrived 
at the Office of National Statistics. Once it arrives, but it won't be anonymous before that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Where they will be held on a secure server. So so whatever bureaucrat's asking the questions, he can do whatever he wants with the information once he's uh, gotten it. But once it gets to the office, it'll be uh, secure. I can see some buck teeth there, too, with that. Um, But... um, but campaign, campaigners last night branded the survey intrusive. Oh, really? Oh, really, yes. <laughs> and other, another example of Labor's surveillance state. The survey will cost 3.5 million pounds to carry out each year. and will see Every ins- year? Wow. And we'll see uh, inspectors randomly visit up to 200,000 homes to question each occupant. <laughs> I guess that is this like. Is chi- this only about sex? I missed that point. Is it just yeah. about. Yeah. yeah if, if, look, if you're in Great Britain yeah. and this happens. Don't answer. If it happens in the United States, don't answer. The answer yeah. to these people is none of your business. Get lost. They will, uh, they will ask 35 questions on contraception alone, covering vasectomies, the pill, and if respondents have ever used the morning-after pill. Other intimate questions... This inc- is so disturbing because I'd like to just <laughs> yeah. add something in here. The, uh, the, the Great Britain, the government over there, has been working on a program that will catalog every single young person. Every child in Great Britain has a file at this point. And there are several bureaucrats and people, uh, teachers that can have access, doctors even can have access to this sort of centralized file on your children. And it's probably only a matter of time. Maybe it's already happened. I mean, we don't follow too closely the police state in Great Britain. We just hear things from time to time. Uh, But it's probably only a matter of time before they have one about all of the adults. They probably already have one about anyone with a criminal record. And so don't be surprised if all this information about your sex life that you are voluntarily giving to them, don't be surprised if it ends up in some centralized location. And then at any old time they want to, they can pull up your information about what your preferences are and what your habits are. And Where, Where else would it end up? Yeah. Well, they're not just going to throw this stuff away. No, the government loves information like this. They just they, they can't help themselves. They just love to catalog stuff. I also suspect it may be used by the insurance industry, too. Mm, that's a good point. They tied in with government pretty tight. Sure. Yes, very much so. But other, other intimate questions include the exact dates when the previous relationship ended, precise monthly earnings, and details of any second jobs or bonuses. Investigators would also ask about the health of any children in the household. One insensitive question. So this is more than just sex. This is just a personally intrusive census, if you will. It's, it's probably far more. Are intrusive. your children not healthy enough? Maybe you're not yeah. qualified to take care of them. Mm. We'll send in some bureaucrats to get them out of your hands. We need to do an, a further investigation here. Yeah, and listen to this insensitive question: Have you ever had a baby, even one who lived for a short time? In other mm. words, a miscarriage or whatever. Wow. <laughs> like somebody wants to talk about that with a government <laughs> official. <laughs> and they're going to come and ask people these questions in person, too. Yeah. Like, it, they've just found out that people will answer anything. Anything, if it's the government survey, asking. Sure. Which is a, even it's surveys. They well, do. that's not necessarily true. If, they, if you ever got one of those food surveys where they want to give you a few coupons if you answer questions about your eating habits. Some people habits. choose not to answer them. Yeah. But, um, if you, the, but if it says Department of Food on the top of it, then they'll probably <laughs> go ahead and fill it out if they think it's a government thing. Because they'll believe that uh, something will happen to them if they don't. I don't know what they, what they believe. I think that people just like to talk about themselves. And I'm interesting. I've had a baby that didn't live. Maybe. I don't know. Wayne, is there more? Oh, yes. Even though the survey is voluntary, mm-hmm. it has been claimed that inspectors will press respondents into revealing personal details with follow-up questions designed to draw out more information. Of course they will. Yes. 
the, their job to get the information. The Hopefully o- they'll do their job well. well the the we're U.S. Them, right? uh, the U.S. Yeah. Census, which is what this reminds me of, just a little more intrusive. Oh, the U.S. Census has grown from its original intent, which was to ask how many people occupy a given household. Right. Uh, to have, I don't know, I've never actually seen one of these things, but I've heard about them, and there are dozens, if not uh, s- several dozen questions on there. And they will also send bureaucrats around. If They'll you don't send them respond, several times. Right. If you don't respond, they will send a pushy bureaucrat around to try to get you to answer their questions, and they'll tell you that you must answer them and that you know you need to answer them, but you don't have to. And I recommend you not well, if you the, care about your privacy. And the word must in legal terms is not mandatory. Isn't that interesting? Yes. It, um, a friend of mine had this happen to him, and I, and I love his solution for it. He uh, he just adopted a, a malevolent redneck accent, and I think that this is probably the best way. Um, when they come to the door, say, can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> Scowl at him a He's little bit. He's squinting, too, by the way. You can't see that. But. <laughs> Who are you, and what do you want? <laughs> Just, just you know, give them, give them a little deliverance flashback, yeah, yeah. and they'll think twice about coming up there. That's pretty good. Yeah, or a, a little nervous tick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, don't even open the door, though. Don't ever open the door for bureaucrats. There's no reason to. I know. I almost always know when uh, when it's a telemarketer call calling. Just in, in general, because I don't give my home phone to anyone. I, I don't even know the number for mm-hmm. God's sake. Um, I make outgoing calls on it, but no incoming. Um, sometimes somebody will use uh, caller ID and call me back, but I I'll answer with some kind of dumb weird accent or either I'll either do a retarded guy hello hello <laughs> hi and just keep on saying that and um or you know I'll do the, the malevolent redneck which I I enjoy and you know just try to to screw with them yeah that's fun good times so Wayne anything else you wanted to share run the camera too mm-hmm. I want to see it. <laughs> The ONS said it needed to carry out the annual poll to keep abreast of constantly changing social trends and so help the Whitehall formula to help Whitehall formulate policy. But some experts cast doubt on the survey's accuracy, suggesting that some respondents may hold back information, especially of a sexual nature, or say what they think the interviewer wants to hear. Now yeah, that's certainly a possibility. Yeah. So this is a multi-million dollar process. Yep, good stuff that the, the government needs to have. Office of National Statistics constantly trying to gather more information about you if you're in Great Britain. But this it's not to say this stuff doesn't happen here in America. Here it's called the census. And it does happen here. And you can expect it's going to get more intrusive over time. But, but not even the KGB has gone this far. More coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message, paid for by Phillies 2008. Talk Live, you can bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what it's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Are you remodeling your kitchen or bath? Now you can purchase knobs, poles, and faucets at wholesale prices and support a business that supports Free Talk Live. Internobs.com. Save 10% on your order by using the code FTL at checkout. That's internobs.com. I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S dot com. 
Friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs, poles, and more at internobs.com. Yeah, internobs, I think, is a, a, is a clever name. Yeah, it's, it's catchy. Been, it's kind of like, like internets, internobs. You can, it's memorable. Uh, I, I will remember that. They actually have, if, if you don't have internet connection, they have a, a toll-free number that uh, you can call. It's right there on their website. But it's. But uh, if you don't have an internet connection, how could you find Well, that? I don't know. Some people just don't like to order things over the internet. Yeah. It, it does bother me. I don't know. What's going on here? It still bothers you? A little bit. As long as you've got a secure connection, you're pretty much okay. And it, then there are also certifications for uh, for secure connections as well. It, it's it, Sometimes you want something specific or you have questions, and the Internet isn't that great for that. I see. Did you want to give out their toll-free number, Mark? Yeah, it's 877-820-9224. All right. 1-800-259-9231. We go to your phone call. Ziggy on the amp line in the U.K. Ziggy. Uh, yeah, I've got a new job. What, uh, what are you doing? I'm details from people. Do well, I'm just gonna buy myself a dirty ma- uh, rain mac. Oh yeah, he's talking about the uh, the the government bureaucracy over there, the Office of National Statistics or whatever they're called, yeah. that's going around uh, house to house asking people about their sex lives among other things. How's your uterus? <laughs> yeah, um, right. I've got a, I've also got another story. Um, Sadly, Gavin, who rings you um, occasionally, has got. A, 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 well, basically, he hasn't got into trouble. He basically just said to a journalist that he thought that um, prostitution and drugs and, and guns should be legal. Now, this, by the way, is uh, now, Gavin, who you're referencing, has called the show before, and it should be noted that he is a councillor, a city councillor, yeah. uh, for an unnamed city in the UK, and we didn't yeah. want to name that because it would bring unnecessary attention to him. But uh, well, but he has talked um, to. I can name it now. It's Stoke. It's near the um, original Manchester. Stoke. Um, I mean, this has all come out now. Okay. Um, he he said this was published on Monday. On Tuesday, he was suspended from his party. Hmm. Um, but is, is he still a city councillor? Yes, he is. Um, they, they, they 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 can't dislodge him. Unless there's electoral fraud or, or anything. Okay. So uh, he uh, he talked to a journalist and he told them that he wants to uh, end prohibition on drugs and prostitution and gambling. Yeah. And he wants guns legalized. And guns. And he doesn't think that drink driving should be a crime. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be a tough one. Yeah, that's a tough one to sell. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's the one that seems to have caused most offense. Um <laughs> I mean, yeah, and the next thing he knows, he's been suspended from the party. Um... And basically, it looks like he could get kicked out. And, and what really makes me angry is that this party was, fat, was founded upon John, uh, you know, basically up, up, upon classical liberalism. Well, I mean, the, uh, back in the day, the Democratic yeah. Party here in America was uh, was that way. I mean, wasn't Thomas Jefferson a Democrat? Yep. I thought Thomas Jefferson was yeah. Democratic Republican. Okay. Well, see exactly. What does that mean? I, it doesn't mean anything today. As they, opposed to a Whig or yeah, a they, Tory or something like that. They've all changed over time, and so you know, this is what politics is all about, or at least the, at the party level, it's about watering down your message to the point yeah. where you can yeah. get enough people to I, vote I, I, for I, you. I have seen. I have seen. I mean, I belong to the same political party. He has, and I have seen in the last few years that they've had more electoral success than than they've, they've had before in, in recent times. And basically, all the suits have moved in, and the sandal wearers and the nonconformists have been pushed 
out. They, they, they're basically now fretting about their image because they want to yep. w- just win elections. Yep, that's. it sounds exactly like what's happened over here in America to the Libertarian Party. They started in the 1970s, uh, the early 70s, as a, a political party that was essentially in, intended, as I understood it, as a joke. Uh, essentially an opportunity for uh, for market anarchists or free marketeers to get their viewpoint out into the media and get some attention for it. But what ended up happening was, you know, 30 years later, uh, the party has been ex- successfully infiltrated by people like you call them the suits, uh, people that are politicos, people from inside the beltway, if you will, that are that, that care nothing more than about getting elected, and they're willing to, to talk a few, you know, to say a thing or two about liberty, but generally have an unprincipled attitude yeah. about it, uh, like this Bob Barr character that has uh, decided to yeah, join I, the Libertarian I, I, Party. That's, that's what I, I, I was going to mention at some point in the near future, I heard him uh, the other day being interviewed, and I was saying to myself, how can this guy start be a Libertarian? I mean, he, 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 he wants um, military intervention in, in South America, he wants, he's, a, he's, he's put for the war on drugs. Well, he claims to be uh, somewhat reformed on the the war on drugs issue. I don't know exactly what he has to say no, no, for himself. He, he said it's down to the states to deal with it. Well, I, I'm sorry, but, yeah, but I, I always thought that one of the priorities for the Libertarian Party was to legalize, you know, drugs. Yeah, or at least come out with a, a position on it that's fairly uh, solid and takes a stand beyond the kind of the coward's way out of saying, I mean, well, it's got, not a federal issue. Now, yeah, the washed-up politicians. Second chance in, in the Libertarian yep, party. that's exactly what it seems like to me. Ziggy, thank you for the call tonight, 800-259-9231. And I'm speaking as a former Libertarian Party activist. I've seen the... I mean, I haven't been involved for a long time. Many people have been involved for the decades it's been around. I can't imagine what they would have to say about its uh, decline. But now we're seeing this Bob Barr, who, before he was... Uh, involved the Libertarian Party, had been out of office, he had been, uh, he'd lost an election in Georgia, and one of the things that happened in his last election was the Libertarian Party bought advertisements against Bob Barr hmm. to try to get him out of office because he was one of the most, uh, one of the worst drug warriors in Washington, D.C., and now all of a sudden he's changing his tune and he's coming into the Libertarian Party. I haven't done much uh, looking into him just because I don't care. Uh, I don't trust politicians. So why bother? But but from what I've heard, uh, he might be a little more friendly on the marijuana issue. I don't know anything about how he feels about other drugs at this point. And from what I understand, he supports the fair tax. And if you're a libertarian, you can't possibly support uh, coercive taxation, especially not some huge welfare state program like the fair tax. So this guy's got a long way to go before he's going to get the support of real I libertarians. That, I don't know that I think that uh, libertarians couldn't possibly support the fair tax. I disagree with that. Um, libertarians are against the use of initiated force, Mark, and the God. fair tax is initiated force so you're either a libertarian or you're not well that's not true um libertarians uh propose all sorts of small government every bit of government is initiation of force so therefore this is the problem with the libertarian movement at this point has been infiltrated by people that call themselves libertarians proposing government programs and the idea about liberty is to get the government out of our lives right. like that so-called libertarian talk show host from atlanta Neil Bortz, who, oh, uh, by the way, we whipped his butt in Florence, Alabama, in the ratings book in 2007. Well, I can't yeah. wait till we can get a bigger market. They're the latest numbers we have, by and the way. By the way, regarding the fair tax, one of the arguments for it is, is they say, well, the government will collect just as much, if not more, money as they do now. Well, that's the whole Great. point. Yeah, you want to starve the beast. 
these libertarians have uh, alienated activists like myself, and I am a life member of the party. There's no taking that away. I'm not going to bother writing them to, to rescind it. I'm not that upset. I just am saddened to see them in decline uh, at this point. But they're watering down their principles. They're, there's a group within the party that has been advocating to get rid of the statement of, uh, of principle. When you sign up for the party, it's the only political party that I know of that you actually have to sign a statement that says you don't support or advocate the initiation of force, and they, want, they just want to get rid of that I like so they the can statement. up their, their membership count. I don't know that that's going to up, up their membership count at all. They um, think it will. Well, I just they don't think, think it think... turns people off. I, think, I like the uh, statement of intent. I think that it should stay. Um, however, I think that we should you know, th- that welcome people into the, the party and uh, then work on them as far as liberty goes. Yeah, that's fine. I don't care anymore because I'm beyond the political party thing it, it's so it's so outmoded and outdated and so slow and inefficient if you've ever been involved inside a political party before you know exactly what i'm talking about with the roberts rules of order and all of their other nonsense that just bogs down getting anything done 800-259-9231 and besides national politics is also a waste of time in my opinion we'd love to have you call in disagree or Tell us your thoughts at 800-259-9231. Is the Libertarian Party or any third party worth trying to save? I say no way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. If you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us at the store. Go to freetalklive, or excuse me, store.freetalklive.com. To get access to great branded merchandise like Free Talk Live t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and more, store.freetalklive.com. So I found a uh, an actual news article about what Ziggy had called in a few moments ago uh, in regards to a guy named Gavin, a city councillor that had uh, called our show from the United Kingdom and uh, was very friendly to the, the Liberty message. In fact, sounds like he's pretty much a, a Liberty-oriented guy. Uh, he's opened his mouth now, I guess, a little bit too uh, too wide and is now under attack for taking a pro-liberty position on prohibition and advocating for the end of it. The story is from the Sentinel in the UK. City councillor Gavin Webb could be thrown off a school board's of a school's board of governors after making controversial calls to legalize heroin and prostitution. Liberal Democrat, Libertarian Councillor Gavin Webb's position is being reviewed after publicly expressing controversial views. The Thistley Howe High School in Pencole could now decide to sack him from its board of governors. The chair of governors, Gil Miller, said she's seeking advice on Mr. Webb's position in light of complaints about comments he has made. She said, I've alerted the governing support unit at the city council, and the governing body is currently considering Mr. Webb's position. Talking about drugs, he said, I believe we should legalize the lot, including the most harmful substance, heroin. He's also described the police's drug-busting Operation Nemesis as a waste of money. And I don't even have to know the details of Operation Nemesis to know that he's absolutely right. <laughs> it's a waste right. of money. <laughs> yep. He's also said the only person one can trust in protecting, uh, protecting one's own life is oneself. That's why I also advocate that individuals should have the right to carry a handgun. Now, you have to know that, if, in case you aren't aware, in the U.K., you cannot carry even a knife. You can't ha- you can't have a blade on you, let alone a handgun. Yeah, so I mean, so, he's 
he's blaspheming as far as they're concerned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to an, to an American who's used to the Second Amendment, who's used to the ability to to actually own and and possess firearms, this seems pretty radical. But this is the uh, the state of affairs as it is over there: is that you can't have guns. Uh, other controversial views expressed by Mr. Webb include that drink driving is not a crime, that brothels should be legal, and that Britain's borders should be opened up to anyone who wants to enter the country. I have to say, I've had a I, I love what he has to say, and I've had a bit of... Uh, and this is just the school board. I mean, it's not like yeah. he's... You know, I mean, they're going crazy over this on a guy on the school board. In uh, in the case of the drink-driving one, that has to be the toughest of them all. It is. Uh, certainly... I don't know what I think about that. Well, I, I suggested recently a uh, an instance of civil disobedience, and I didn't think it was going to fly, because I'd been told by a cop here in Keene that... There is a mandatory arrest situation where – let me just rewind for a moment. Over the weekend, we had a public gambling event where people were gambling for money in public, and the police knew about it, and they did nothing. And it turns out that the police actually have discretion uh, by, by law to ignore pretty much anything. So you could be out you know, shooting up heroin in your arm, and they have the discretion to ignore you. But there are a few things that they don't have discretion with, where it's mandatory that they arrest someone. And I was told, apparently I was told incorrectly, but at the time I was told that the cops have to arrest on underage drinking and driving. So I suggested that we have some kids, well, when I say kids, I mean 18-year-olds or something like that, uh, be served a, a beer or half a cup of beer or something, drink a few drink, you know, few few sips to a half a cup of beer or something like that, some small, minute uh insubstantial amount of beer and then get behind the wheel and, and drive home or something like that or, or drive to another location and even amongst not liber- going to make any friends doing yeah, that yeah even oh, even amongst the libertarians i was torn apart nobody liked that idea at all and i don't I, you know i just felt like what's the big deal it's a half a cup of beer who I've cares i certainly driven home after having a beer or two you're Most a rebel. Of, I think a lot of Americans do. I think a lot of Americans feel comfortable going to the bar, having a beer but or two. It's like this taboo thing that you can do, but don't talk about don't it. Don't talk for about God's doing sake. it? Yeah. Yeah. For God's sake, don't talk about yeah. it. So that one fell by the wayside, and it turns out it's Good. not even a mandatory arrest. Turns out the cops, it's not mandatory for them to arrest an underage drinker and driver. But it is mandatory for them to arrest underage transportation of alcohol. So. There's there's no real understandable system here. It's just arbitrary which laws are mandatory to arrest for and, and which ones aren't. Although I think my favorite one is the itinerant vendor law. It's mandatory that you arrest people who come in from, uh, presumably from the outside area, but there's there's no spec, um, specification. It's just that somebody like sets up a tent or sets up a uh, something on the side of the road or whatever to sell things. Uh, apparently those people can be arrested if they have an inventory of over $500. So that's that's one of the few mandatory arrests here in New Hampshire. And the reason I was proposing this was because, well, if the cops are ignoring all of the other things that we're doing, it seems like they're in the mode of ignoring us at this point. If they're ignoring everything, what would happen if we did something that was relatively innocuous, like this itinerant vending, sell you know sell pre-order, take pre-orders for selling a laptop from the back of a truck or something like that? You right. don't actually even have to have the product to sell. And and then, you know, have somebody get arrested for that. Or better yet, the question would be, if they don't arrest you, if they ignore you, they know you're going to be itinerant vending, and they don't arrest you for it, when it's mandatory they arrest you, then what does that say? Because all the other stuff we know they have discretion on. What if they use discretion on something they're not supposed to use discretion on? You could sue them. 
no, I would never do something like that. But it was just kind of an interesting question, and that's what I was exploring. But, boy, people do not like the idea of promoting uh, responsible drinking and driving. I mean, the idea that there could even be responsible drinking and driving, I think, is anathema to many people. There's... um there's there was an article on lourockwell.com that we read one time that uh, talked about how drinking and driving should you know drunk driving should be legalized and yeah i agree it's interesting but i can't agree with it i mean well, I, I think dangerous driving is is the problem i think that and and when you say drunk okay i don't like the term drunk cuz drunk makes me think stumbling and falling and that's there's no way that pr- couldn't but, be dangerous. Well, it it but, could be if the guy said, "I'm gonna make it home," and he drove at five miles an hour, sort of on the side of the road. <laughs> it's not dangerous. To, that's what I used to do. Yeah, that's a good point, Mark. But that's you know something? Point. They try to quantify uh, dangerous driving with with your blood alcohol level, right? And it's mm-hmm. very difficult. And it's very difficult because some people are affected differently by that mu- a certain amount of alcohol than others. So there's no real way to quantify it accurately. So they end up taking the safer people and throwing them in the, in, under the bus with all the rest, rest of them. By the way, back to the story about uh, Gavin Webb, the uh, city councillor over in the U.K. who's under fire for being honest about his feelings in regards to prohibition. Uh, he said that, or it says here that uh, their group leader, the Liberal Democrats, the party he's a member of, said she was concerned about some of the comments he's made in recent weeks. She said a member of the public had contacted her to complain about some of his views. He said he's aware of some of his views were unpopular and could even jeopardize jeopardize his position as a governor. He said, I'm getting flack from various people, but part of the role of politicians is to tell people to take responsibility for their own lives instead of blaming other people. Well, I, I don't know that politicians consider that their role, but no, uh, he's one of the few. I, I think. can't disagree with him. Yeah, he says at the end of the day, it's up to the school, uh, the board of school governors, whether they support me or sack me. He's also being investigated after an alleged four-letter outburst after a fellow counselor. So, good for Gavin. Really appreciate him uh, being honest with his belief system. Four-letter outburst. That's definitely a British term, but I like it. 1-800-259-9231. It looks like he's actually watching the article here on the... I'm looking at the comments on the Sentinel. It's This is the Sentinel. Uh, the, 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 we'll have a link to this article here on the, on the BBS later, but he's actually debating with the commenters, apparently. So, that could be entertaining. Uh, hey, Wayne, mm-hmm. uh, real quick. There's a story out of... Australia? Yes. In regards Australia. to recycling cops? Yeah. Recycle yes. cops? The recycle cops, they're freaking out the residents in Australia. The story's out of Melbourne. Local co- uh, council bin police wearing, <laughs> wearing headlamps are prowling neighborhoods in the middle of the night to check whether residents are recycling. You know, I'd like to ask those guys if this is what they signed up for. Yeah. When you, became, when you wanted to be a cop, is this what you envisioned? Checking people's recycle bins in the middle of the night. At 1 a.m. <laughs> 1 a.m. It is understood several other councils pay bin cops to hunt down rogue recyclers. City of Manash spokes- spokeswoman Jody Harrison confirmed a rubbish auditor had been wa- uh, warned to switch to a more reasonable hours after freaking out residents. Rubbish auditor. Yes, a rubbish auditor. Wow. <laughs> Disturbed house- householders. Listen to that that term again. That's Wow. Householders, yeah, hmm. not, a, not 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 American owners. English, yeah. yes, yeah. not homeowners, but householders, have discovered bin police uh, kitted out with miners' hats and inspecting garbage bins that are left by footpaths. I guess <laughs> next to the footpaths for collection. It's almost a different language. This <laughs> makes me feel so good about living here in Keene, New Hampshire, where there's no mandatory recycling, where there's not even a government mandated trash collector. You can actually choose who your collector is and. 
but it wasn't it wasn't that different uh, down in Sarasota, Florida, where we came from. They would go through your garbage, and if your, if your recycling was not up to spec, they just throw stuff out, and you, they mm, wouldn't right take it from lawn. you. More on the way. Hour three's coming up. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those. It's Free Talk Live. Dot com. We're going to continue a story here. We just barely had time to start in the last hour about the recycling cops in Australia. They actually have cops whose beat it is to check out people's recycle bins to ensure compliance. Uh, what's the rest of this story, Wayne? You just barely gotten it started. The rubbish auditors, yes. Well, <laughs> well dozens of recycling and green waste bins are checked three times a week. Residents flouting the rules have warning stickers placed on their bins mm. and risk being slapped with a garbage collection ban. So I guess they don't take your garbage from you. <laughs> wow, a big, that's a punishment, I guess. So this, Yeah, that's not so bad. Probably down not. Where we, down uh, in Sarasota, Florida, where we came from, there was uh, fines involved. Your lawn. <laughs> oh, no, there were fines involved. I, I got one of those stickers one time that said, if you don't comply, you're going to get fined. You must comply. Yeah. <laughs> but the uh, spokesperson for the, the garbage agency says... Uh, she defended the council's rubbish check, saying that contaminated waste ruined an entire truckload destined for compost. <laughs> oh, boy. But she agreed that unreasonable patrol time should be changed, because we were talking about how a lot of these guys were going around at 1 o'clock in the morning and doing it and freaking out residents and, and, and making them think that maybe somebody was breaking into their home. Or... Hey, you got somebody with a, a flashlight out in front of your house at 1 in the morning. It's pretty unusual. Right. And this spokesperson said that she was unaware previously of the contractor's uh, 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. operating hours until two residents complained last week. The city of Monash has sought assurances the businesses will now patrol only between 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. or 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. So keeping the tyranny to very specific windows. How yeah, nice of them. Exactly. It's, it's ridiculous. And by the way, these guys are contractors of the city. They're not even city employees, but they're st- still they accomplish the same thing. You know, if they can get you asking the wrong questions, then it doesn't matter what the answers are. And, and in this case, here you have people talking about an issue. And this is likely an issue where this is happening, whatever, some little little place in Australia. But the people that are talking about the issue aren't talking about whether it's right for government to be picking up the garbage in the first place or talking about whether it's right to have mandatory recycling. They're just arguing over the details of what time is appropriate for these garbage Nazis to come around and poke through their bins. That's all that this discussion is about. Unbelievable. It's just so vapid and meaningless. It's not even a real issue. So they, they have to create specialists uh, to inspect bins. Mm. <laughs> you know, imagine going to a party and what do you and, do? You know, you're, uh, yeah, what do you do exactly? I'm a garbage <laughs> auditor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Now there's a good catch. Who's more popular, the garbage auditor or the IRS agent? Oh, it's, it's got to be the garbage auditor. At yeah, least probably. there's something interesting to talk about there. Yeah, that's true. Unbelievable. People's habits, the stuff they throw away. Yeah, you could get some interesting stories out of that. But uh, you know what? Here in Keene, New Hampshire, where there's no mandatory recycling of any sort, it's still clean here, and 
the air's nice and everything's fine. The water's clean. You can drink it. Seem to be doing all right. Some of the best tasting water I've ever had. Yeah, we seem to be doing okay. In fact, uh, Penn and Teller did a great episode about landfills and recycling, and they really went into recycling and just decimated the entire concept. They pointed out a few things that, uh, for instance, aluminum is recyclable to the point where it's profitable. Therefore, it's market-based. Therefore, it would probably continue. But all the rest of the stuff, the paper, turns out... In order to recycle paper, it actually takes more energy and creates more pollution because you have to remove all the ink and stuff from the right. existing paper. And what do you do with that inky, gross sludge that you've removed from the paper? I don't know. Something I mean, not I, good. It, yeah, something gross. Uh, you know, it, it, the the best thing to to use is trees, or actually, the best thing to use is industrial hemp. But we can't do that. But that's illegal. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody thinks that trees. They're oh my god, trees. They're like the uh, they're the icon of the uh, of the sort of the greeny movement out there. But they're just vegetation. They grow. Are, you, are, are people trying to save carrots? <laughs> well, once, again, once again, we're trying to. Uh, put on these people who created the problem we're trying to say well believe in them to solve it and it's crazy it's absolutely insane yeah it's it's like saying a, a child molester should be a priest well these people aren't going to solve any problems they're just going to change the hours they harass people's garbage that they poke around through your uh, your refuse and that won't lead to any solutions. It won't lead to any positive change, at least as far as liberty is concerned. The direction that that goes down is the direction of more state control, where before you know it, they'll have something like what they did in the Penn & Teller episode, where they uh, played a little kind of hidden camera prank on people. They had some guy with a garbage truck looking all official, looking like he was you know, some executive or whatever. He had a uh, white, white jacket on. And, right, white, and jackets, a white jackets and badges. Yeah, and a clipboard. He had a clipboard. And uh, so he would talk to these homeowners, and he'd say, well, we're testing out a new program, a new recycling program, and they brought out eight to ten bins of various different colors, everything from orange to black to blue, all over the place. And they had, you know, the dirty diapers bin, they had the right. plastic bin, they had the metal bin. They were all they different this, color, too. It was great. Right. They had the paper bin, they had the, the uh, compostable bin. I mean, they had all these different categories that nobody has to do today. And sure enough, these these homeowners thinking that recycling is good. good. That's it's what, good to recycle. That's, that's yeah, what they've been they taught. Gave them, they gave them a recycle pep talk before this, and uh, you know people go for it. Yeah. They want to do the right thing. They want to do their civic duty. And so uh, they were literally game for having nine different bins out in front of their house and spending however much time it would have taken to separate their refuse out into each of these bins. I mean, it was you wouldn't think people would go for this, and I'm sure there are people that, that didn't, uh, but you know they, they showed the people that did go for it. But people went for it because they've been lied to. They've been told that this recycling thing is a good idea, and it's not. It's just a government make-work program. It costs more energy to actually recycle uh, most of the things that you actually recycle than it does to create them from scratch, and it, it creates more pollution than creating the products from scratch. The whole thing is a big, it's a scam. You know what, there are a lot of uh, market-based things happening that I see around me. A lot of the packaging on, on products, even CDs, different things, you'll see that they, they made a really conscious effort to use recycled paper, to use less material, because some, some uh, um, wrapping and some uh, packaging is very wasteful. Excessive. And excessive, sure. exactly. So those are the things I'd like to see more uh, happen more often. Well, that's certainly market-based and voluntary, and in which case, that's great. I think that's fine. 
But these government recycling programs are always backed up by threats of violence. They're mm. ba- backed up by fines if you don't comply. And if you don't pay those fines, then men with guns are going to come to your house. Someone's going to point a gun at you because you put, uh, because you put some plastic in your, garbage pa- in your garbage bin? Yes. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. banana peel. Yeah, that's what's going on. And uh, Penn and Teller in their video on recycling talked about how if the marketplace were allowed to operate in the world of garbage collection, then the people that were in search of profit to take your garbage away from you would figure out ways to profit from the garbage that they had. One of these, one of those alternative ways might be somehow transferring it into some sort of alternate energy source. Another one was to simply bury it and turn those uh, burial fields into golf courses mm-hmm. and nice gated communities. All of these things have been done and are possible. Good, because the government uh, gets in with all of its mandates, it messes up the marketplace. A good, it does. A good example of this is biodiesel. You know, the, the restaurant cooking oil, the restaurants in many cases have to pay to dispose of it. Mm-hmm. But now people are starting to become a little more enterprising, and they're, they're collecting it for free from the restaurants. Yes. And, and making diesel fuel out of it. Well, that's a great modern-day example. Even, even better example of, you know, more historical is oil. What do you do with that gross sludge? Oh, it was a after, nuisance. Yeah, after you refine oil into gasoline, what do you do with the gross sludge? I thought when they when they discovered oil, when, when they discovered oil, it was a nuisance. It was a nu- nuisance. Yeah. Oh, this gooey stuff, it's all over the ground. Well, but after they decided that decided they could use fossil fuels for um, you know, to refine it and make gasoline and all that kind of thing. What do you do with the sludge that you refined out? Well, how about the plastics industry? The whole plastics industry, everything. Look around you at plastic. It is made out of waste from refining oil into gasoline. The fact is, we'll never know what it is that we can do with these great things, how the marketplace can recycle stuff, because the government is involved. Until they're allowed to actually try. Until they're allowed to have those resources and figure out on their own what to do with them. I used to know this guy who was an engineer, and he was a plant manager of this machine tool company. And uh, they had a lot of waste cutting oil, and he used to filter it all out and use it in the furnaces to heat the place in the wintertime. Literally, one man's garbage can be another man's fortune. If that other guy or that other individual or company is innovative enough to figure out what to do with it. 800-259-9231. Speaking of garbage, it's been a while since we've talked about hoarding. And I've got a story about it. Yeah. Hoarding. Pack rats. Maybe you know some of them. Maybe you are one. Maybe you were one. You want to share your story? 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features on the site. We give away, so enjoy those on us, including... The archives, if you've missed a moment of the show, we've got them right there on the front page of the website. An entire year's worth of programming, totally free. So enjoy it on us at freetalklive.com. How much do you spend on coffee? JustPlainJoe.com offers over 60 different flavors roasted to order from gourmet Arabica coffee beans in whole bean or ground at just $7.99 to 12-ounce package. And it's roasted fresh to order. JustPlainJoe.com. Most orders delivered within three business days via UPS. Buy five packages and save on shipping. That's JustPlainJoe.com. We go to your phone calls. Jeremy in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, good evening, guys. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, I was thinking about, uh, like, you know, certain pack, like when you go to buy like a box of cereal or something in the open, it's only three-quarters of the way full, so they waste that much paper and plastic. And especially mm. when I used to shop at Walmart, 
was the worst. You had like a three-ounce piece of meat come in this great big box, plastic-looking box, you know. And hmm. Yeah. I, I, I never could understand why they had to use that much packaging material for a product. Well, it's one of the main reasons is because you want to get that shelf space. You want to have your product be visible and if it's smaller than i mean if it's as small as the amount of food in the product then it it's not going to be as large of a footprint on the shelf and hence perhaps not as noticeable if compared to other products of a of a similar size so i mean there's certainly a, a middle ground obviously someone's not going to put an ounce of chips in a a huge bag but yeah i've, I've seen that problem everywhere I and mean, if you go to the uh, whether it's at the grocery store or whether it's the snack machine, that one ounce bag of chips you could easily fit four or five ounces in, or four, four ounces of chips in, but they only put one ounce in there, just because you know that's the way things are. And I guess the problem is if you wanted to try to start up your own chip company where you used environmentally friendly packaging, you would it'd be harder for you to compete because the other chip manufacturers would have bigger packaging and be be more noticeable so it's not like the earth is going to die because people are using big packaging or anything like that uh as we were talking about before if you just let the marketplace operate though sure it it costs money but it's not a lot i mean you're talking about fractions of a cent uh to to do this packaging so it, it does cost a little bit of money but it's it's not like we've got uh that we're running out of room to put all this waste and it, and again if the marketplace is free to operate then innovation can happen and people can figure out what to do with the waste as opposed to just burying it. Well at the same time with the cost of fuel and everything in these big trucks hauling all that air down the road when they could very well be full of the product at the same time and maybe cutting the cost of the product a little bit the it's a good point. And to be fair, though, to some of these companies out there, it probably happens more with food than anything else. But, Jeremy, thank you for the call. Uh, I'd give you an example of where, as an industry, it seems that uh, companies have gone in the right direction of reducing packaging. The video game industry, uh, computer games, I've seen this happen recently. Uh, within the last decade, computer gaming uh, packages have gone from uh, 12 inches high by 10 inches wide to the sort of standard PlayStation-style clamshell cases, mm-hmm. uh, which are much, much smaller. And some are even the uh, the little jewel packs. That's Yeah, the real budget buy software is in the jewel cases, but the other ones are more kind of the slim PlayStation-style cases. They are. It's much smaller than the original uh, package designs that happened in the late 1990s or the early 90s. Um, and since everyone has gone in that direction... Uh, it, it looks nice, and everyone's as competitive as everyone else. So there must have been some sort of industry decision there. I don't know what the decision-making process was, but uh, that, I see that as a positive move in the right direction to reduce uh, the waste. Yeah, because you're keeping uh, that container to put it back in after you through using it. So the, the less of the uh, smaller percentage of the packaging that you're throwing away after you buy the thing, the better. That's true. And as somebody who is a or somebody who at one time collected uh, games. I would always throw away the packaging. I'd always throw away the boxes, but if it's that clamshell case, then the packaging is the box. And so you don't really have to throw anything away, but yeah, the little uh, cellophane on the on the outside. Software used to be notorious for that. You know, you buy software and you get this in this huge box. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, software. Mm-hmm. Gaming. Oh, I mean, I know games. Yeah. There's other software out there. That's I would say probably the the majority of the retail software market is probably games. And so that's that's why I've seen those changes. Probably true. I noticed the new Microsoft two th- Office 2008, the, the, the uh, packaging was significantly slimmed down. 
And that's good, too, because it does save the company money, and those costs can be passed on. Those savings can be passed on. It's only going to be a cent or two, uh, but it adds up. 1-800-259-9231. we got a mic in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Hello. Hey, Hello. what's on your mind? Um, Yeah, actually, I was just calling today uh, about one of the most important uh, issues and problems in this facing this country today. Okay. okay. And that would be uh, contrails. Oh, come I'm on. I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what are you really calling about? Okay, uh, I'm... I just got done listening to yesterday's show. Uh, I hope I'm not dredging up something you guys already talked about today, that Harry Reid no. interview that some libertarian guy did with... Uh, yeah, Jan Helfeld, I believe is his name, or Jan Helfeld. Jan, yeah. I've not heard it pronounced, so I can't be for sure on that. But uh, but he had interviewed this senator guy from uh, from D.C., or I guess he's from Nevada, and this guy was obfuscating and using double speak, and he's just such a he was just a sli- such a slimy political dude. It was just amazing uh, dude, listening I to him. To re- I wanted to I wanted to just strangle, reach through the radio and strangle the guy. I oh. I, I was so that got my blood pressure up. I was so like, and it wasn't the fault of the interviewer, but I wish I kind of wish he would have pushed him a little harder on that. And just well, yeah, I see where you're away. coming like, from, but you know, it's a, it's a tough line to walk because if you push him too far, they walk out of the room yep, and your interview's right. over. And uh, you right. know, the guy deserves some kudos, Mr. Helfeld, because he managed to keep his cool in front of that guy, that jackass, uh, and he managed to keep his cool in front of him and didn't lose it, which I might have done. I because I I definitely would have lost. Yeah. I would have said, you know, and if he did, he dodged the question, I would have said look, flat out, like, look, dude, don't dodge my question. Right. You know, just like that, and just you know. And you're probably right. It would have just uh, ended the interview five minutes quicker. But you know. It's, I I would almost advocate him smacking him in the mouth just so he would get arrested and uh, it would make front page news. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because nobody is nobody in general is going to see that interview outside of libertarian circles. But if he'd actually right. done but, something yeah, like he did that, some, uh, some, and I know you guys don't advocate violence, yeah. and neither do I. But, that would be know, unlibertarian of him. Uh, no, it, it, it definitely would. But but hey, it would have it would have made front page news, you know, just for the the, the assault charge, and you, people would have heard the interview. Either way, it was still instructional because it gives you a look into the mindset of these people that they oh, yeah. they either are either they're just lying straight out or they live in he some was. weirdo fantasy world where voluntary doesn't actually mean what voluntary I, really yeah, means. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that that Reed guy really believed what he was saying. You can kind of tell when people talk how they how they kind of dodge things. You right. know, if they answer straight up right away and and in giving the answers he did. But no, his answer instead was, no, I don't agree with your premise. And the question, by the way, for those who are just tuning in, thank you for the call, by the way. The question was, what are taxes voluntary? Is this a voluntary system of taxation? And the senator continued to insist that it was. Even after the interviewer made it very clear that there is threat of force involved and real force involved and people are scared of the government being violent against them and that's why they pay taxes. But yet he continued to deny, deny, deny that uh, taxes are not... He continued to claim they were voluntary. It was amazing. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne? And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those, including the wiki. Over 1,500 pages created by listeners just like you. You can go and change virtually anything. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive for free. That's wiki, W-I-K-I.freetalklive.com. Is another fad diet really the answer to losing your extra pounds? Are working out and eating right no longer working to help you lose weight? If you can relate to that, then go read the story of a doctor who lost 37 pounds in one month and has kept it off. See the actual before and after pictures and read his story at notfatanymore.com. You can get off the fad diet roller coaster forever. Check out notfatanymore.com. Let's talk about hoarding. It's been a while since the topic has come up on the program. You always bring it up. You love hoarding. Well, now I've been waiting, actually. I've had this email sitting in the inbox for a couple months at this point. So now is the time for no reason beyond arbitrariness. Uh, from Omaha.com, the Omaha World Herald reporting, he feels his way along a wall. Thick black smoke creates total darkness. Tugging at the water hose, heavy and awkward, the firefighter snakes forward to the point of the flames. Suddenly, behind him, a stack of clothing or newspapers falls. The path he took in, in from the front door is blocked. He'll have to find another way out. A window? Another door? That's the danger and the dilemma firefighters encounter when they enter a home stacked high with stuff, said Daryl Giles, assistant fire marshal for the Omaha Fire Department. Clutter in its mid-east sense means a few too many figurines on the mantle, a few too many jackets thrown over a chair, and perhaps some family tips about getting rid of stuff. But when clutter becomes serious hoarding, though, dwellings become difficult to navigate. It raises mental health and public health issues and becomes a potential nightmare for firefighters. According to the assistant fire marshal, we do encounter hoarding on occasion, and it may not be evident from the street where the fire crew assesses the location of the flames and rescue needs. A fire blamed on faulty wiring killed three people in Nebraska recently, and clutter hampered firefighters from the moment they arrived, just minutes after receiving the alarm. The front door couldn't swing open, according to the fire captain. Omaha's chief code inspector said somebody usually reports a hoarder, maybe the mail carrier or visiting nurse, on the outside of... Or the outside of the house shows hints of the overflow inside. Sometimes you can guess because the curtains or blinds are pressed against the windows, he said. Boxing or storing items that aren't being used usually can solve clutter. But hoarding is clutter times ten. It represents way more stuff than anyone could use at any given time. Maybe stacks of containers, newspapers, magazines, unopened purchases, and clothing. Sometimes hoarders collect animals. Even a professional organizer can't take on a hoarder alone. Hoarding's a mental health problem, says Suzette Gavin of An Organized Life, an Omaha business that organizes homes. A professional organizer might be able to help with the immediate problem, but engaging a mental health professional is equally important. The National Study Group on Chronic Disorganization, a spin-off of the National Association of Professional Organizers, drew up a clutter hoarding scale to help people determine the difference between mild clutter and serious hoarding. And we've actually got that scale here. We're going to share that uh, in a few moments. We've never heard of this before, so this is new and fresh. Tackling clutter often can be a matter of setting up three areas in each room or workspace, one for giveaways, one for garage sale, and one for trash. The HGTV show Mission Organization took that approach to help homeowners homeowners pare down their possessions. Now, they used to have a different name for that show. I think it was called Clean Sweep. And uh, back when I lived down in Florida, my mother actually turned me on to this. One of the few things she's done for me that I appreciated over the past few years. Jeez. But uh, she... 
she t- turned me on to this show called Clean Sweep, where these people go in, these expert organizers go into somebody's messy house, and they literally hold their feet to the flames on all kinds of crap that they don't need anymore. And they do take that uh, that tactic of having the different piles. So what they do is they'll clean out one room. They'll just take everything out of an entire room, and they put it out on the person's front lawn, and they have three different areas. One you throw away, one you sell at a garage sale, and the other you keep. And they literally go through item by item, thing by thing, making decisions as to keep, throw it, or sell it. And it's interesting seeing people and their attachments that they have with different objects that they've come across Just over time. a bunch time. of junk, yeah. Right. Uh, you know, like the, the, the ginormous teddy bear that somebody won at the uh, the county fair one year and has ever since been sitting in the corner of a closet collecting dust. You know, oh, it's so cute. It's a teddy bear. I might give it to my niece someday. But you haven't. It's been ten years, and <laughs> it's been in your closet the entire time. Gathering dust mites. Yeah. So so it's a, it's an amazing process watching people uh, being forced, or not forced, but they're, they're put into a position where they actually have to think about keeping or getting rid of some of the stuff that's just been cluttering up their lives for the longest time. But again, there is a difference between cluttering and hoarding. To, uh, it says here, at the most extreme level, hoarders need the intervention of a range of agencies, uh, possibly including fire and safety departments, social services, the Humane Society, building and zoning departments, the landlord, and family and legal representatives. They tend to feel overwhelmed or embarrassed about their plight and may resist seeking help, or they may be in denial. Uh, one of the experts recalled a case from a few years ago. There was a woman who had stacks of things piled three feet high in this 1,000-square-foot house. We got her to help. Uh, we got her to help clean it out. Three years later, we were back. I'm we, sure. We try to encourage counseling with all of them because it is a, uh, from what all of what I can tell, it is a mental health problem where this person, this individual, will come across something and they'll believe that at some point they will need this thing. Even if it's the most inconsequential, stupid thing like an empty box uh, or, I mean, having empty boxes around can be helpful if you ship stuff, you know, if you sell on eBay or something like that, or you're planning on selling things. So I have some empty boxes that, that you know, go to my electronic devices in the event that I need to move somewhere. But, but if, if you've got a room full of empty boxes, you've got too many. Yeah. But if you have a closet full of empty boxes, you have too many. I'm talking about, like, you know, these people buy a flat of 24-pack of soda, and that 24-pack of soda will come in a sort of half box. Yeah, they've right? got to they keep the flat. Yeah, they'll keep that box, and they'll keep all kinds of old paperwork that's not necessary, and they'll stack it, and they'll stack it, and they'll stack it, and it'll get to the point. If you've ever been in one of these people's houses, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Julia's old, uh, one of her, I guess her former boyfriend, her parents were hoarders. And or his parents were hoarders, rather. And when you would go into the house, there were paths. You you would have to follow paths to get from the entryway of a room to another room. Hmm. You you could not you could not get to the window. <laughs> there was no path to the window. You there were things actually stacked inside the stove. The stove had been turned into a storage zone. <laughs> and if you needed to use the stove, you would first have to remove. The storage from inside the stove, put it somewhere else. Well, my mother stored things in the stove. Um, she did? Well, that she felt like it was a good place to keep the cereal boxes. Didn't she cook ever? 
Um, she she had them on a baking pan, and then she would slide out the baking pan, use the, uh, the Did she oven. have no other place to put the cereal boxes? I'm, it was, I'm sure she could have put them on top of the refrigerator. Okay, well, if there was somewhere else to put them, she then that's it, one thing. It was a cabinet, you know? I mean, she yeah. used it as a cabinet. That's a little weird, but if, if she's got room to put things elsewhere, then that's a decision. That's a choice she made, whereas these hoarders... It's the last, you know, place you can put stuff. So, right. okay, let's put it inside the stove. Stuff all over the tabletops, all over the, you know, the couch, all over everything. I there saw is pictures. a difficulty with this. Uh, an ant came into the house and decided to preheat the oven. Oh my gosh! And didn't know that the uh, the the, 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 the that the cereal Oops. boxes were in there. So. How long did it take to figure that out? About the time we smelled burning paper. Wow. We were all in the kitchen. So, what do you think the primary emotion behind hoarding is? Uh, well, it's, it's it's fear. Yeah, I think so. I think people are afraid. That's why they're doing it. They're it's scared. We're going to have a want. Uh, you know, it, it's lack. Uh, you know, yeah. that, that, that we need. To, I need to have these things because I'm not going to have them otherwise. I, I I kind of have it a little bit, and for me, it's thrift. Um, I want to be able to have, you know, whatever it is, I want to have it on hand, you know, laziness and thrift. I want to have that thing on hand, and I don't want to have to go out and pay for something that I've bought in the past. Today I had to buy a cutting device for PVC pipes. Mm -hmm. I pretty much had to leave most of my tools. I just had a whole bunch of tools in um, Sarasota, Florida that I left rather than pack them up because we were, you know, finishing up a house. I wasn't even done with the house when I moved. So um, the tools had to stay, and they didn't make it up here. So now I had to buy another PVC cutter, and I hate it. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from on on that, Mark. And I think everybody, to some extent, has issues with sure. keeping things that they don't necessarily need. And it's I think it's something that's worth working on. Uh, even if you aren't a hoarder, if you don't have a problem, I think it's something worth working on, simplifying your possessions and the things that you have. Mm, I would agree. Uh, and we can come back and discuss that. Plus, we've got to share with you the chart, the different levels, five levels of hoarding. Coming up, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. Specifically curious if you have encountered any hoarders in your life. Maybe family members, maybe friends, uh, maybe you. Maybe you're a hoarder and you don't know it. 1-800-259-9231. Or maybe you do know it and you embrace it. (laughs) You love your hoarding. Uh, call in and share your stories if you've got them. We'd love to hear because everybody, I, 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 there's a good chance you've known a hoarder in your life, and so I'd love to hear uh, your personal story on this. And we're going to share with you in a moment the five levels of the clutter hoarding scale. Uh, again, the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can become an amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month. It'll help support the program, get us on more radio stations, get more Internet listeners, and spread the message of freedom and liberty and anti-hoarding. Uh, go to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board. You'll get perks, too. Do you want to easily update the look of those old cabinets or that old set of drawers? Well, innerknobs.com offers a wide variety of knobs, pulls, and uh, knobs and pulls for every taste and budget. Save 10% on your order by using code FTL at checkout. That code FTL will save you some money, won't it? It's a good code. Yeah. It's easy. Code FTL at checkout. That's innerknobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com, or see their banner at freetalklive.com. 1-800-259-9231. Before you upgrade your knobs on your cabinet, clean it out. Uh, get rid of some crap. Reduce clutter. Because if your clutter continues to grow, it'll, it'll uh, cross the threshold into becoming hoarding. 
So let's talk about the different levels here. This is from Omaha.com, an article about the dangers of hoarding. I mean, hoarding is silly and really kind of weird if you look at it from the outside. But when you're a fireman trying to put out a fire and you encounter a hoarder's house, it can make it so you can't even open doors. It can make it so you can get trapped inside there. And this, this could actually be dangerous. And I wonder how... I wonder how things would be different in a free marketplace where we actually have uh, market-based fire protection services in that right now, everyone who pays taxes, they get the fire coverage from the government. And, yeah, you know, it works to some extent, but it could work a lot better if it was market-based and subject to competition and subject to innovation. But would there be a, you know, a point at which the fire company would demand to do an inspection. I mean, if you want to get your house insured, if you want to get home insurance, they send over an agent and he takes a look around. So I think that in, in the world of private fire in, uh, fire insurance, you may have to have a fire inspection done in order for them to cover cover you. And I think that would be totally reasonable because if I'm a fire protection company, I don't want to cover houses or I'm going to charge a buttload of money to cover a house that's actually got a hoarding problem because it puts my men in danger. And so, and, and actually, charging more money for hoarders to protect their house might actually give them some some financial incentive to clean up. Yep, I would agree. Um, I I've told the story before, but I used to uh, drive a taxi cab between uh, radio gigs. There, the, you know, somebody had to pay the mortgage, and mm-hmm. I was the only one living there. So, um, I I drove a cab, and it wasn't so bad. I ended up at this one lady's house who. Uh, Apparently was some advertising bigwig on Madison Avenue at one point in her life, but mm. had now been relegated to a you know a house full of crap in Sarasota, <laughs> Florida. Um, and she you know it was the, she couldn't use her kitchen because all the counters were covered in stuff. Her stove was Gosh. covered in stuff. Uh, her uh, dining room table was covered in stuff. Her living room was uh, piled up with newspapers and boxes and things like that to the point that she couldn't sit on her uh, uh, couches. Um, her bed was covered in crap um, and to the point that she slept on one you know she uh, half the bed was uh, Covered in crap, the other half uh, she lay lay upon. What was the other half? What was on it? Just you know things. Uh, I can't even. I really can't remember. Random. It's always just random crap. You know, little <laughs> angels, glasses, shot glasses. She seemed, to, she seemed to have it like stocked up in boxes. I remember lots of boxes, uh-huh. new, lots of newspapers, lots of magazines, um, lots of unopened mail, the junk mail. She just wow. wouldn't throw away junk mail. Wow. Did you get the sense that she had downsized at some point and had more stuff than her house would really fit? I did. I. 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 I no, I did not. Uh, nothing was useful. It wasn't really useful stuff. It was just, just paper. collects. It just paper. Collects up. They'll go to garage sales and buy stuff. Well, some of them will. And, and the older you are, the more you've been taught that paper's important. You mm. must keep this paper. And the, the IRS is, makes it makes it even worse for you because you've got to store all your records from seven years and then some even beyond that. Um, and well, so, I don't. So you're told, yeah, you don't pay. Uh, so you're told mm. to keep these things. I've got phone bills, mobile phone bills <laughs> from seven years ago. <laughs> I do because I'm I'm supposed to have them. Wow. Well, fortunately, they're filed, um, you know, sequentially in a in a filing cabinet. And they don't take up that much space, but. You can you can really get caught up in this. Oh, I must I better keep this. You know, you we know? have we haven't even mentioned the rodent factor or the insect factor. If your house is so cluttered to the point where you cannot access certain portions of it, if you have pathways to access your home and you can't cross crisscross a room in various different manner, 
then there's a good chance there's little beasties living in there, and you're never going to know about it. Yeah. In fact, many hoarders, they see the evidence. They see the evidence. Like the we're talking about people that just keep boxes around. You see mouse poop and stuff inside the boxes, and, oh, yeah. still need that box. Might need it someday. I'll just wash <laughs> it out. Here are the levels, the, uh, the five different levels. This is uh, professional organizers use the clutter hoarding scale to assess a home, examine four categories, structure and zoning, pets and rodents, household functions, and sanitation and cleanliness. So here you go. You can assess the house you live in or the house of your friend or family member who might be a hoarder. Level one. Doors and stairways are accessible. Normal pet activity. Light evidence of insects or rodents. Clutter, not excessive. Normal housekeeping. Safe and healthy sanitation. No order odors. So, so you're talking about somebody's house. got a little bit of uh, maybe extra stuff. Yeah, just some extra crap hanging around. Kind of a normal house. Probably where most people are at. Level two. One exit is blocked. One major appliance or part of the heating and cooling system not working for six months or more. Some pet odor, light to medium evidence of rodents or insects. Clutter inhibits use of more than two rooms. Narrowing of household pathways. Limited housekeeping. Overflowing garbage cans. Mildew in the bathroom or kitchen. Soiled food preparation areas. I'd say there was a pretty big jump between levels one and two. Number three. Visible clutter now appearing outdoors. Indoor items placed outdoors, like a TV or sofa. Two or more broken appliances. Inappropriate or excessive use of electric cords. Light structural damage to part of the home. More pets than the Humane Society recommends. Now we're getting into the you might be a redneck if. Audible, but, it, but not visible evidence of rodents. Light flea infestation. Spider webs. Narrowed hall and stairs. One bathroom or bedroom not fully usable. Level four. Mold, mildew, structure or da- structural damage, hazardous wiring, excessive number of pets, flea infestation, aged animal waste, pet damage, designated bedroom unusable, now, hazardous th- materials stored indoors, Ugh. combustible <laughs> materials in living area. Before you go on, you know, there's there's sort of the subset of people that, that aren't necessarily hoarders, they're just gross. Um, that don't throw Not clean, you mean? Yeah, they're, they're, well, you haven't you seen this before? Um, I've certainly heard stories of a friend of ours um, that you know d- doesn't yeah. throw things oh, away yeah. because well, it's just it's just sheer laziness, mm. um, and you know things putrefy, get gross. Uh, if you never yeah. clean, if you use your shower and your bathroom and your sink every day and you never scrub them, mm. they're going to get into a manner that's very very disgusting. So. I don't think that those people are just bum slobs, you know, yeah, as opposed lazy. to uh, hoarders. So that's something different that's sort of a subcategory or um, related category. Well, there, can be, there can be an overlap between slobs and hoarders, though. They're usually oh, are. yeah. Right. Usually well, they go together. simply cannot, uh, you know, ma- manage to keep all, all that crap, uh, you know, clean. Hazardous materials are still on level four, uh, stored indoors, combustible materials in the living area or attached garage, aged canned goods, no bedding, lice on bedding or furnishings, no Mm. clean dishes. Level five, the final (laughs) level of the hoarder. Structural damage, no electricity or water service, standing water in the basement, hazardous materials, storage exceeding local limits, pets dangerous to occupants, rodents in sight, mosquito or insect infestation, critter infestation, bats, raccoons, snakes, kitchen and bathroom unusable due to clutter, clients sleeping elsewhere, human defecation, rotting food, canned goods with buckled tops and sides. So there you go. Hmm. A friend what? of mine bought a house like that. Really? Yeah. Hopefully he bought it cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so and he got had, fire insurance. <laughs> so he had to clean it out when he when he moved in? Yes. That must have been a nightmare. And he knows who he is. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it at that.
1-800-259-9231. If you want to comment here, you don't have a hoarding story for us? I'm shocked. I'm shocked and appalled that no one has called in with a good hoarding story. You just love to talk about people and their hoarding. My favorite well, is the pet hoarders. You know, the, the people that yeah. just think it's a good idea. They've got, Cat ladies. They've got 16 cats, and it's just a good idea to get another one. Because they wouldn't, <laughs> you know, and they eat their little de- decomposing bodies. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the cats finally consume them. <laughs> but it's important to clean your, uh, to, to keep yourself, I think it's important to keep your uh, living surroundings clean and orderly because if you let it get out of control this is where you will end up uh if you just keep let it cluttering and cluttering and cluttering you will end up as a hoarder and so it is something that takes effort it is something that in many cases can be difficult uh, getting rid of some things that you might have been attached to for a long time but there are certain techniques that you can use to to help make it easier and Help make it more manageable and, and understandable. We can continue the discussion, and if you've got a hoarding story, you can share it with us at 800-259-9231. Were you a hoarder, but you've cleaned up your life? More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch in hour number three of the show. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Last hour, we uh, were talking about hoarding. Now, if you don't know what that means... Then think of pack rats. Perhaps you've heard of the term pack rat. That, that's actually the first term I ever heard. I, I, I heard pack rat first and then hoarder uh, later. I guess hoarding is more of a technical definition. But it's essentially a, a, like a, a mental issue that people have where they are afraid to get rid of the things that they don't really need. And it's so dangerous. Not just the things they don't really need. But the garbage. Yeah. Well, yeah. It can even be garbage. Yeah, absolutely. As you were saying, you knew somebody that had junk mail stacked up in their house that never Unopened. had even been opened. Yeah. Well, it could be important. Well, someday you might need to go back and look at the Walmart catalog from 2005 or something it, like yeah, that. Yeah. And right? the thing about, uh, what, fortunately, what a lot of uh, you know companies do that send the junk mail um, is they they put expiration dates on credit card offers and things like that. If the expiration date is, is gone, you know that you're holding it too long. Um, it, it's easy. <laughs> you know, I personally, um, this new house, I'm not gonna get. A, I'm not gonna put up a mailbox. A mail, really? No. Good for you. What for? What? What get happens? A bunch of crap. Right. You know, they. Nobody knows where I live. It's not the property is It's owned in the name of a corporation. It's not owned in, in my name. Um, and so, who, whoever's going to be sending me anything there can go ahead and send me something if it's important. My mailing address. Anyone can ask me. Is in Keene, mm-hmm. um, and they can send it there. But. The rest of it's just all going to be resident, junk mail, vowel pack, uh, you know, all this crap that people get. I don't want to spend, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to, you know, that, that pops into my mind every time I come to the driveway. Oh, i got to get the mail. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend the calories getting out of the vehicle. No, I don't <laughs> want to do it. Uh, and I don't see any reason to stick up a box, pay the money so the government can run their little uh, advertising scam yeah. out there. And then... They they take ownership of my box. They say yeah, it's not yours. It's federal property. If I told you to come by, just put it in the mailbox. 
You can't. It's against the law. Federal vo- felony or something. It, like it's, that. it's 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 some kind of mail fraud yeah. violation, and and uh, you know screw them and you, their mailbox. I'm now, not putting it up. I'll put in, up a sign that says my uh, you know the number of the house. You're in the process of. Uh, you're in the process of building this this house you speak of right now. Nearly done. Yeah, and uh, it's not a big house, right? I mean, how how big is this thing? Well, it's um, the house is 800 square feet or so, and then the garage is 800 square feet or so. The original idea was to have the a garage room. is under, and then yeah, the house is it, on top. It sits on top of a foundation that is a drive-in garage. Um, and so there is no basement below the garage. It's the garage right, is the basement. The is car the garage. would fall through the basement that would be below the, uh, gotcha. the garage. Um, and no, <laughs> um, it's. You 800 square feet, both sides, and, you know, top and bottom. And originally it was the idea was to have the room over the garage and then build another house onto it and everything, but I don't think I'm going to do that anytime soon. It's nice, big, spacious, 800 square feet, you know, it's got this big great room that's a kitchen, and who dines? Who dines? Um, So it's got a bar there that you can eat at the bar and, you know, enough room for a big old TV and a couch and and some chairs and stuff. Why is it that people buy the multi-room like the you know the five bedroom homes when it's just you know the the two people living there. The what reason is that I, mentality? I I guess the reason I did it was um, I wanted to have a space for guests when they came over, mm-hmm. um, and so you know a third bedroom. I wanted to have a second bedroom as an office to you know sort of man cave, uh, get away and you know do my thing. Uh, you know we had to have a living room, three bedrooms, two baths in Florida. The real estate market was booming at the time, and you might as well get the more saleable house, which is three bedroom, two bath. Because people have kids. Mm-hmm. You're going to have kids. Might as well have two. Well, I, I'm not talking about three, two, Mark. I mean, right. that's sensible. I'm talking about it's all, but it's the, six It was a big bedrooms. house that I could afford at the time. Though. I'm talking about six bedrooms. I'm talking about a $14 million house. I'm talking about the people that, you know, they dream big as far as their mm-hmm. homes are concerned. What is the purpose of that? What is the mentality? Is it just to show off the uh, the amount of wealth that you have? Is that I the I guess purpose? if you've got it, you might as well do it. I, I don't. But then you just have to hire a maid to clean up rooms that are never used. And but you, at that point, you've got You're air conditioning it. all kinds of square footage that the, is unnecessary. I think a lot of people go too big in the same way that a lot of people buy a BMW before they can afford a BMW. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the best thing to do is to save your money to the point that uh, you, you know you you are very 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 comfortable. You're not counting on the next paycheck to pay bills, yeah. but you're extraordinarily comfortable, and then you can start going after things like that. But it just seems I'm going to get a nice car one day. But right fine. now I'm going to drive around a '94 Dodge Shadow because it doesn't matter to me what happens to it. But it seems to me that the, that if you have more space, you will fill the space. And I understand if you've got the resources, then it doesn't matter from a financial financial point of view, but we're talking about clutter, not finances right now. And it would seem to me that if you're a couple with a kid, which is what you are, Mark, you've got you and Laura and Jackson, your mm-hmm. newborn son, you don't need a whole lot of space for that. And if you had five rooms on your house, if you had five bedrooms plus an office plus all those other things, you'd feel compelled at some level to fill those rooms with stuff. I don't disagree. And inevitably, you'll buy shelves to put more stuff in there. And it, you I'm know, already bef- looking for shelves. I've got lots of books. Yeah. Before mm-hmm. you know it, you've got a cluttered lifestyle. And so it would seem to me that it would make more sense to have a home that is just large enough or maybe just slightly larger than what you might actually need to live your life. That way, that way, if you get to the point where you're filling up the space you have and you're starting to consider like a storage unit, you should, hello, Earth to uh, Mark, <laughs> right, or Earth to Ian. You don't need a storage unit. You should not need – you got by okay without the storage unit up until this point. This should be an indicator that now it's time to start cleaning out some of the crap that you have. And I think it's important to take – to assess your things on a semi-regular basis. And when I say semi-regular, once a year. 
uh, to, to assess the stuff that you have in your life, look at it, and say to yourself, ask yourself... Do I is, need this crap? Right. Is this something I actively use? Is this something I can foresee a legitimate use for in the near future? Has this been sitting in my closet for five years untouched? If so, what makes me believe I'm really going to need it within the next five? And ask yourself these hard questions. Better yet, get together if you are living with a loved one, family member or a partner, get together with your partner and do this as a team effort where one of you can hold the other's feet to the fire and say, look, do you really need the giant teddy bear you won at the circus, you know, 10 years ago? Okay, no, I don't need it. I'm just, I just have that attachment. I still feel like I'm a kid. I need my security blanket or whatever. Get rid of it. Uh, to, then have a garage sale where you're not going to make a lot of money. Don't expect to make anything off of this. Right. Stuffed animals have to be the absolute worst in this uh, this <laughs> arena. I mean, <laughs> you know. Big and useless. I, I don't understand stuffed animals very well. Uh, I you know, you, I suppose they can be, for some girls, uh, better than flowers mm-hmm. because they last a little longer. But at some point, they just need to get tossed out. Yeah. Um, give them to some other kids. They, they're better than candy and that you don't get fat off of them. They're better than flowers and that they don't die after a week and a half or a week or whatever, right. depending on the flower. Um, but... You know, and uh, I think that a lot of women find, uh, you know, that aren't interested in stuffed animals at all. And uh, at that point, you've just jumped up to jewelry. Hmm. What about paper? You know, old bills, things that were probably legitimate. People are afraid to throw them away. And uh, for a few of my clients, what I've set them up with, it's, it's a Fujitsu Scan Snap. it's called. Mm-hmm. It's got really excellent software for Mac or Windows. And it's tiny. It, it almost looks like a miniature inkjet printer. Hmm. And it, it's very fast. It scans double-sided. Wow. And all you do is push a button on there, and, and it, it sends it right over to your computer as a PDF file. That's pretty slick. So You can w- keep the documentation but eliminate the clutter. And yeah. Or you can, you can shred It's a lot some, cheaper to put it on a hard drive. Yeah, you can shred the documents. You, know, you can shred the document if you have a copy of it on yeah. PDF, and you can file it away and then just make sure you back it up. But that's one way to eliminate a lot of paper. Yeah, I love that idea. I'm I'm down to the point where I don't really have a whole lot of big stuff anymore. And I'm I, the other day I was looking at some of the old video games I had that I don't have any. As I was telling you earlier, I don't have any of the boxes for it. So I've just got the CD-ROMs from years and years ago, you know, the 1990s. My computer. You don't game even have collection. the games to uh, the, the the consoles to play it on, right? No, no, no. Computer games. Oh, some I see. of them probably don't work though. I mean, because the backwards compatibility isn't so great with uh, with computers, hmm. and many of them I've never stuck in the the CD drive in years. And so, you know, I'm getting to the point where I'm actually reducing stuff that I that is even small that's, that doesn't take up a lot of space because I've cleared out so much of my other stuff. Now, I want to make clear though that I'm not talking out against collecting. Uh, I, I think there's a difference between having stuff you don't use and having a treasured collection, something that's inherently valuable to you for whatever reasons. You know, some people are interested in collecting comic books, or some people are interested in collecting, you know, you fill in the blank, whatever it is your favorite item is to collect. And I think that can be uh, something you can still do as long as you don't have a house full of crap. If that's your one or two areas that you uh, that you collect, and we can explore that in a moment. Take your calls as well about hoarding or whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259- 
9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. Ours is free. So enjoy it on us. And those features on the site, by the way, include the updates. You get signed up, and we keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. I sent out an update today. Uh, Gardner Goldsmith had uh, had me on his program yesterday for a short interview uh, in regards to gambling prohibition and marijuana prohibition, and so that's posted online at freetalklive.com. SACL CAI uh, brings Free Talk Live to you every night. They are our biggest sponsor, and, you know, they do collections. They manage to save everybody some money because, well, they get people to pay their bills that are delinquent on them. Mm. And, uh, you know, if you've got a business or you know somebody who does, please recommend SACL CAI. They'll handle all your accounts receivable needs. They do not just collections. They do early out billing, whatever that is. They do. <laughs> they purchase charged off receivables. So things that, uh, you know, little bits of bills that you didn't think you were ever going to collect, you can sell them to them at, oh, I don't know, 20 cents on the dollar and get something out of uh, receivables that you were never going to get anything out of. 1-800-259-9231. You can go to the Free Talk Live website and you'll see the SACL banner right there at the top. All right, so uh, so hoarding, bad idea, but uh, you don't want to even get to the point of being a hoarder. You want to uh, to control your clutter. You want to control the stuff in your life, and it is a is a simple process. Not say not to say it's easy necessarily. Sometimes it can be very difficult to let go of things that you might have had in your life for a long time, and and you feel a connection to them, but they're just things. And most things are replaceable, so if you do feel, you know, 10 years down the line that you made a mistake and you want to go and get that thing again, yep. you probably can, thanks to eBay and Amazon.freetalklive.com. You know, there's there, there's a fine line to be uh, to, to be walked here. For instance, it is true. Uh, a, an ex-girlfriend of mine, ex-fiance, uh, she had collected all of the Disney movies on VHS. <laughs> when she had a child, she was going to have the Disney movies, every last one of them, um, for you know, for her kid. And she had, you know, this rack of them. It was about three <laughs> feet wide by three feet tall. And you know, now who wants that crap? Now she's in her mid-thirties. What is she doing with the Disney VHS uh, tapes? Uh, we I, we well, never. Does she have a kid? No. Oh, okay. We never watched one, but now she's well, dating, she's dating a girl now. So yeah. I mean. Mm. It, I don't see a kid on her horizon. They could adopt. adopt. They could. Um, but Will they? She's been... To, forget it. <laughs> she doesn't have a kid, and she's not going to have anyone anytime yeah. soon, and I don't want to... You know, go, Her business is way out on Front Street so at this point. So the fine line. Uh, you know, so VHS, was it a good idea to collect the Disney movies? It's a great idea to have all the Disney movies. It's a bad idea to collect them on one format like VHS. It's going to go out now of you're style. Stuck. Yeah. And CDs, um, or D, what, what do we call them? DVDs? DVDs? They're on the way out. They're, they are on the way out, and... Um, you don't need them because Netflix will send you within two days yep. every Disney film that it was ever made, all, including all the weird ones with Oswald the Rabbit yep. or whatever. Um, you yeah. can get whatever you want. You don't need them. Uh, and I'm with you on that. I had a situation where I had DVDs and I had begun sort of collecting DVDs. That I, and I had Laserdiscs before that, so you'd think I would have learned my lesson. Uh, I had a bunch of Laserdiscs. I had thousands of dollars in Laserdiscs from the 1990s. And I sold them all on eBay for like 150 bucks. I think I got 300 bucks out of them. And it was a lot of laser discs. And, uh, you know, sold them for pennies on the dollar. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what helped clue me into a, to a lot of this is that, huh, I went through the process of spending all my hard-earned money on this stuff, then decided I didn't need it anymore. Now I'm getting rid of it at a fraction of the cost. 
Well, that was really a waste of money, wasn't it? And so I told myself that. And I realized, huh, you know, maybe I should stop collecting these DVDs now and instead actually reverse that trend and start getting rid of some of them. So I sold off probably like 75% of my DVDs. I kept, yeah. I kept some some favorites, some absolute favorites of mine that I that I knew I wanted to have on hand right. at, at any given moment. It's a great time. It's a great idea to have Star Wars or The Matrix or you know whatever yeah. you know fried green tomatoes or whatever it is that you think that is uh, you know one of the greatest films of all time. Fine, keep that. Sure, and uh, and that's what I did. But I've my, I've reduced my collection and the other DVDs that I that I purchased these days. Are they either have to be super super favorites, or they have to be some a situation where I've per, I've uh, downloaded a show like uh, Penn and Teller's BS. This is my favorite example. Uh, down I download that because I don't have cable, and I'm not going to get cable just so I can get Showtime. Sorry, not going to do it. So I download the show, and then when it comes out on DVD, I buy it because I understand that if you don't buy the product. From whichever way you're going to buy it, whether right. it's through the cable system or on DVD, they're not going to make more. And so I want them to make more, so I buy that. Uh, but, you know, those for the most part just sit on my shelves. Luckily, they're useful and that we can loan them out to people. So right. Julia's always got people at you work. You can proselytize with, yeah. uh, with, with, with that show. Right. So, so I have cut down my uh, DVD collection, and it, and it works. It makes sense. I love the Netflix idea where at any time, if you want to watch a favorite, you put it on your list, and it comes to you. And, and when you look at uh, how much Netflix costs per month, especially if you get the, the little one versus how much Five you spend bucks. on its uh, DVDs bucks. or whatever – uh, you know, I have all these DVDs that I've watched one time, one time. Yep. and they're just not of any use at all. Nope. Um, so, you know, that that that's a good thing to get rid of. Now, the other side of it is tools. Mm. You know, if you buy there's you buy a tool to do a specific job. Do you just throw it away after you're done? Do you no, get rid no. of it? You Those may... are things that will have a tangible use on into the future. Sure. And then there's the the end of it. For instance, I uh, I was in a friend's uh, garage, and here in, uh, in New Hampshire, things, you know, it, oh, garages are old. Things are old. Mm-hmm. You can find tools that are so darned old and useless. I oh, mean, useless? Use, yeah. Just useless. Okay. I mean, when you've got a sigh in the, in the garage. <laughs> a it, sigh like a weapon? No, uh, it's a uh, it's used to uh, get to to reap wheat. Oh, okay. Oh, like, okay. Like the, the same reaper. Is, that, is that pronounced scythe? I thought it was scythe. Okay, maybe C Y T H E. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's how it's spelled. Okay. Um, if you've got one of those in the garage, yeah, it's no use. <laughs> um, the, the really old drills. So there is a threshold then for right. for tools. Tools, yeah, okay. there, there is, and you know, so you you got to kind of look at it. I. Uh, that's what you have to do in general, is you have to look at the things you have and make real tough choices sometimes about whether or not you need them. Because if you keep choosing to keep, you will become a hoarder. And you'll also need a bigger house, which means more, more taxes and yeah. more crap and more... Heating bills, and more air heating. conditioning yep. bills. Yeah, because Somebody has to help you clean. Back, back as early as the 50s and early 60s, the average uh, house size was 1,200 square feet. Hmm. Now, what is it now? It's probably close to 2,000 square feet. Yeah, 1,200 is fine for me, more than enough. Well, people consider that a tiny little house, but really, it really isn't bad if you don't have a lot of junk. So I think we've uh, pretty much exhausted this topic. Uh, keep on top of your stuff, pay attention, and make a mental note to to clean out, to simplify your life. I guarantee you, you'll feel better if you actually go through this process. And take it easy. If you've got a bunch of clutter, you could feel overwhelmed. This is the other thing I would like to suggest, that, that if you have this problem, and you've realized that it, that it is a problem and you want to do something about it, don't get overwhelmed 
some people would will feel too overwhelmed to where they won't actually do anything. Yeah. Take little amounts of action. Set aside five minutes a day where you do nothing, or ten minutes a day where you do nothing but simplify. Focus in one area and just start simplifying out from that area, and you know, throw it away. If you if you just if when in doubt, throw it out. You know, as far as I'm concerned. Or better yet, free cycle it. Give it mm-hmm. away to somebody who will come and take it from you. Yeah. There's this uh, website called Free Cycle. Uh, it's actually Yahoo Groups, I think. And you post what you're getting rid of, someone comes it and takes it. It feels good because somebody's getting some use out of it. Yeah, well, pr- they're probably cr- cluttering their lives. But that's their problem. And prune it in layers. You don't have to do it all at once. Right. Keep going down and down and down. And before you know it, you'll be able to think clearly again. That's a bunch of old stuff that you don't need. Clear it out. More coming up. You can take control and bring up anything. Matt's on the line in Illinois. The other amp line is ringing in. We'll take your calls about whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, fe- uh, freetalklive.com features there including live streams, broadband version, and dial-up versions of the show, both available free at freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's happening June 9th through the 15th, and at Porkfest, you'll be able to meet hundreds of individuals who, just like you, cherish liberty and are living the goal of liberty in our lifetime. Plus, you'll be able to discover the outdoor and recreational adventures that New Hampshire has to offer. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. So we go to your phone calls to the AMP line. It's Holly. Ladies first, uh, Holly in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys, I just want to tell you a hoarding story that I know of. Okay, okay. please. Um, my mother hoards uh, prescription pills. Whoa, weird. Uh, how big's her collection? Uh, in the thousands. In the thousands. Wow. As in mm-hmm. thousands of yeah. bottles or thousands of pills? Um, well, thousands of bottles with thousands of pills gotcha. in them. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Where does she She's keep them all? For years. Um, the, um... Uh, little, I don't know, Ziploc like thing bags that comforters come in and blankets and sheets. You know, the, those things. She has like comforter bags filled with pill bottles. Out of date pill uh, bottles. Like, they have to pardon? be out of date, right? They have to be out of date, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Are they prescription or are they just are they like aspirin from the uh, the CVS? Um, some of each. I mean, she has she keeps aspirin bottles and over the counter medicines and. She, um, antibiotics and pills for everything she's ever had a prescription for. So, have you talked to her about this? I mean, does she have any any excuse or rationale? Does she feel like she's going to need some expired pills someday? I mean, talk about the one of the most ex- extremely silly things to hoard. 
I don't know why. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I've talked to her about it before. Um, it's actually uh, gotten her in a lot of trouble before. I bet it does um, get you in a lot of trouble. It's, uh, I mean, you know, once it's expired, it, it, it can become illegal. Really? Especially, she's probably collecting yeah. them from other people, too. Yeah, she. I mean, she collects them from, like, you know, her husband yeah. or her kids, wherever. Um, if somebody doesn't finish a prescription, yeah. then she... she for some reason, feels compelled to keep it in case they might one day need it 10 years later. I don't mm. know why. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But she has them, like, in the thousands of So is it, is it only in that one area that where, where she's affected? Is everything else in her life relatively normal? Um, well, rel- I don't know. Normal's relative. Sure. Um, Clean. Uh, not she, she not cluttered. Hmm? She hoards animals. How many? Um, well, she she hoards cats and dogs. And yeah. I don't know. When she gets a cat, then she thinks she needs another cat, and then she has a dog, and then she needs three more dogs. Mm. So then she just keeps hoarding animals until she has, like, eight animals in her house. And we're like, okay, that's too many animals. But so okay, you the stage, animals got to go. You cats. staged an intervention? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> my, my brother's... And, my brother and sister have, too. We've told her, you know, the we call our house the barn. <laughs> that's... <laughs> Because she has so many animals that we call it the barnyard. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, she loves her animals and her pills. <laughs> there you go. Wow, that's amazing. So, so with yeah. the with the animals, uh, when did you when did you step in? When it reached eight animals, you stepped in and you just said no more. Or did you actually remove some animals and and take them somewhere else? Well, my my brother, um, my little brother said it's either uh, me or the animals. So oh, that's a good one. Of, that's yeah, a good approach. Some cats, and she got rid of some dogs, um, but then she has slowly gotten them all back. She's mm. gotten more. Uh, wow. She got rid of, like, three cats, and then she went and got more cats. What's more <laughs> amazing, is she single? Holly, is she single? Uh, no, no, she's so, on her fifth husband. So there's, a, there's another person living there with her amongst all this? Yes, yes. And mm. how does he feel about it? Is he, does he also collect pills uh, for her, or how does that work? He doesn't. He doesn't seem to mind the pill issue. I don't know. He's he's sometimes a little iffy about the animals. He's not as fond of the cats, but mm. he doesn't mind the dogs. That that I've always found fascinating is when the hoarders manage to uh, to live together <laughs> and compound their problem twofold. I mean, the, you would think that if if uh, the other person in the relationship noticed something was going wrong, they'd say something about it. But you, hoarders must attract one another. Be, either that, or they repel the other person so quickly that. They they leave their life before it gets to the point of being too bad because the uh, as I was mentioning uh, Julia's former boyfriend his parents they lived together in this house that was just the most cluttered mess the the worst hoarding example I've ever seen I saw pictures and it was absolutely awful that you could live together with someone in that house is just mind-boggling to me. I mean, I could see how easy it would be to, to let it happen by yourself when there's no one else there to call you on it. But, man, two hoarders living together, that's Was, that's was he embarrassed yeah. by it, or he just didn't think anything of I didn't, it? I didn't know the guy, so I, I, did, not a, I did not ask that question. But you, uh. this was the point. How could you not think anything of it? I mean, you've got paths in your house. You, there are newspaper stacks, to the, literally, to the ceiling. The floorboard's sinking. Right. How could you uh. not think about that? Man. It's just amazing to me. Any other uh, uh, thoughts for us tonight, Holly? Uh, no, that's it. Thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Continuing here with Matt in Illinois. You're on the amp line, Matt. Matt? Going once? Matt in Illinois? Going twice? 
Hmm. He hung on for a while. 800-259-9231. We go to John in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. John. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey. Uh, what's on my mind? Well, I'm trying to figure out what's going on wrong in America, and uh, it's no easy task. You know, we're bombarded by information. It's hard to digest, uh, you know, a uh, uh, hundredth of what's going on. But uh, I think I've, I've come into some better understandings after listening to your show a few times. Uh, you know, police officers, when you get arrested and you go to court, uh, the cops got to have evidence against you. If they don't have any evidence, you're free to go, right? That's uh, the idea. So this is what justice and freedom is. But strangely, uh, when Bush gave you guys zero evidence implicating bin Laden for 9-11 and immediately closed criminal investigations, you seem to be uncertain about what the cause of justice is to defend your own families. Um, you know, in Canada, we have Wait, much music, what? which is... I'm sorry, Canada, can you run that by me one more time? We, to believe in liberty is to believe in the rights of the other or your neighbor. Uh, yeah. some, people say, some people say, well, I'm just concerned about myself. If my neighbor gets accused of a criminal offense and tortured to death, but he's but no evidence is brought against him. I don't really care. As long as they don't infringe on my house and my property, uh, I'm fine and okay with that. But this is what I'm saying. In Canada, uh, Much Music, which is comparable to MTV, they did a, I think it was a two- or a three-minute spot. I think it's probably available on YouTube. Uh, but they talked about, uh, I think it's the Loose Change, the new Loose Change video that's out, uh-huh. uh, Final Cut. Uh, unbelievable. I encourage all your listeners to take a look at that. It's I encourage awesome. them not to waste their time. Well, there's some evidence. The, the, the murder, on. Well, before you go you on, still, before you go on, there's some evidence against Osama bin Laden. There's him admitting to having done it on videotape. Oh, jeez, Mark. Now they're going to come out and they're going to say that uh, it was an imposter. Right. And CIA it's, it can't plans. possibly be him. Osama bin Laden's not even real. He's made up. Yeah. Well, wait a second. I, I, you guys haven't cut me. Am I still there? You're still no, here, you're still unfortunately. Okay, well, how, there's video of liquefied iron flowing from the towers like water. How did how did Bin Laden with his dialysis machine get up and down those flights to set the thermate, which is a military explosive, to liquefy steel? Fire does not liquefy steel. But I know how that evidence troubles you. Hold on. Wait, like wait, the FBI. Are you saying oh, that steel troubled. can't melt? I'm not troubled. I don't care. You're right. No, Steel can't melt. There's I'm no saying. way. There's no possible way that those towers were brought down by terrorists. You must okay. be right. It must be the government. No, that's not what I said. Don't put words in my mouth, okay? Hey, the FBI's formal conclusion is that it was funded by Bush's business partner, General Mahmoud Ahmad. That's the evidence. And in a court of law... What are you going to do about it, John? What are you going to do? Let's say all the things you're saying are true. What are you going to do about it? Well, you have to envision what justice really means. You have to see in your mind an ability for ourselves to rise against those who are responsible for murdering thousands of your countrymen. What do you mean you by rise against? Out, what are you going to do? You, you, first of all, you've got to uh, arrest those who are obstructing Who's justice. Who's going to arrest that would them? Be, that would be Bush and Cheney. Who's We're, going to arrest them? They're in charge of the executive branch. Why haven't you gone down to arrest them? Their religion. own men going that's to arrest them? You say he's uh, sovereign immunity. That's bullshit. That's You're out of your mind, and you can't get away with that. 800-259-9231. Nutty conspiracy theorists. They don't know what they're talking about. We'll explain in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call. If you make it right now at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. 
If you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. It's that simple. Get your shopping done. You've got 41 categories to shop in, all the brands you're familiar with, reviews on the items. Uh, you've also got free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of stuff. Did I mention they have groceries now at Amazon? Really? Pretty much anything you need. Go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You've got a great deal, and Free Talk Live gets a percentage. Before we continue with the calls, just uh, an explanation of what I was referring to a few moments ago. We had yet another run-of-the-mill conspiracy theorist call in with his factoids about what he believes to be the truth about 9-11. And I don't make any statements as far as what I believe to be the truth, because I don't believe any of the stories. I don't believe the government story. I don't believe the conspiracy theorist story. There are a lot of good questions out there. Absolutely. There's probably some kernels of truth in uh, in in the stories. I don't know. And I, it's not worth my while to try to ferret out what the truth is. Because in the wash, it won't matter. Because when you look at it from a uh, from the perspective of rational thought, you can you can have all the facts in the world in your corner about what you believe happened on 9/11 or with the Kennedy assassination or with the Oklahoma City bombing or whatever. Fill in your conspiracy theory there. You can have all the facts in the world, and they might all be true. It might it might be true what these people are saying. When you ask them the question of, well, what are you going to do about it, that's where it all breaks down. That's where they just, blah, 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 well, we're going to rise up. We're going to have them arrested. We're going to have George Bush and Dick Cheney arrested. Oh, who's going to do the arresting? You asked him if he'd went to, if he gone down there yet to, uh, to arrest them. He didn't have an answer for it. And was Go the in the, the name call. of Canada. Bring a flag and arrest George W. Bush. Yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to have the FBI, are you proposing the CIA? That, are you proposing that I just give up my my good old life here by uh, wandering down and arresting George Bush with a whole bunch of facts that I don't really well, right. have at my disposal? And besides that, you and I both know that you wouldn't get anywhere near George Bush because he has armed guards protecting him. And those are the people you're going to have to have arrest him, right? Because George Bush is the head of the executive branch. The executive branch is the policing branch of the government. All the police agencies are part of the executive branch. So you're asking for people that work for this man to arrest him? Their job is to follow his orders, and you think they're going to arrest him because you've got some factoids about what happened on 9-11? Come on, get real. And I haven't even brought in the conspiracy portion. Because if you believe what the conspiracy theorists believe... And that is that there's this dark cabal of evil men out there controlling the entire world. If you believe that, if you believe that the government is so efficient and so powerful and so unstoppable that it can mastermind all kinds of these operations and, and manage to keep people quiet about it, the amount of, amount of people that they would have to silence in order to successfully pull off many of these conspiracy theories well, is pretty mind-boggling. In, in all fairness, Ian, the only thing they're good at is doing things in their own interests, their own personal interests. When it comes to our interests as citizens, no, they're terrible at that stuff. Well, if they're acting on a personal basis, then that's different than having a bureaucracy actually take some action. Well, people use bureaucracies for the, to feather their own nests, though. Maybe that's, maybe that's true, uh, but my point there was that the uh, these... These conspiracy theorists believe that these governments are effective, that they they are out there 
uh, doing plotting and pulling off these things with with such precision that it's just mind-boggling how uh, how good they are at keeping people quiet. I mean, look, even if you've got a conspiracy, the more people that know about it, the more likely it is word's going to get out. And many of these conspiracies are very very hush hush. So if you believe that the government is so uh, so brilliant at what it does and so controlling, then you've gotten yourself into a position of being defeated. That you believe that well, they're so evil and they're so uh, proliferating that there's nothing we can do that uh, there's nothing that can change so we should just hunker down and and do nothing but call radio shows and show people dvds and and hope that something is going to change on into the future in addition if you believe it's true that the government is behind these things what in the world makes you think that the government system is going to correct itself what makes you believe that these people who you believe are so in control would would let go of that control or that the people they control their servants the uh, the cops the low-level soldiers that uh, that work for them would somehow turn against their masters and even if they turn against their masters if the system is as corrupt as the uh, conspiracy theorists believe it is then those people that turned against their masters would not get far they would be punished they would be taken off the streets they would be locked up in the prison cells and we'd never hear from them again these people at the top if it's true what the conspiracy conspiracy theorists say they're unassailable and even if you did take out George Bush and Dick Cheney, if you believe some of the other conspiracy theorists, well, they're just the puppets. The Dick Cheneys and the George Bushes and the Hillary Clintons are supposedly the, the puppets of the evil, dark-cloaked men that run the world from the smoky black room, right? So if you take out their puppets, they'll just put more puppets on the stage, right? So where where is the end game in all of this? There is no end game. It's just a, a maddening rabbit hole of madness that you just keep following and, and, and just picking up trivia about Past events. It's focusing on the past versus focusing on the future and what we can achieve. And we can achieve liberty in our lifetime, and we can achieve the voluntary society, and we can achieve all of these things, the free marketplace and getting government out of our lives. We can achieve it all without having to focus on the details of what happened right. on one September day in 2001. And a lot of the people who call in about this, Dean, if you've noticed, are very angry and very uh, vehement. And, and, if I know. believed it, I would be angry. Well, they're, they're angry at us yeah. for not believing their things, too. They're, they're, but they're their angry. I, I get the sense they're angry about it, too. They want something done, and sure. their intentions are in the right place. The problem with that, of course, is they're eating themselves alive, for one, and they're not being productive. But the most important thing we can do is help society to take the red pill, so to speak, yeah. and, and to realize that government's not the answer to their problems. And, and over time, when enough people are aware of what ha- is really happening, and the Internet's a big help on that, Eventually, th- there will be no market demand for certain politicians anymore. Right now, there's still yep. a market demand for, for statist politicians, and that's why you have the Hillarys and the Obamas and the, and the McCains running for office right now. And, and they seem to be popular among so- certain segments. Right. So as soon as people stop wanting that, they'll stop being there. Right, because then, then you'll have crowds of people booing a politician <laughs> when they speak rather than <laughs> and anyone And that's not what politicians want. They want to be accepted. They want to be loved. They want to be appreciated. And you are starting to see a lot of hecklers and, and, and booers on the periphery of these, these speeches. But, I mean, it's going to get better. Well, maybe we're <laughs> going to have – we might have a little bit of fun here in Keene, uh, New Hampshire, in a couple days. Uh, the politician who I mentioned recently on the program, one of the state senators here, uh, Molly Kelly, refuses to answer a simple question about how she feels about marijuana decriminalization. And she's gonna, apparently going to be going on the air on a local talk show and, right. to, to get her a little accolades from the local host, and, you know, to be petted um, by her, uh, you know, the, her her fawning uh, constituents, and 
but there's no call screening on the show, so yeah, we're right. gonna we're gonna have our uh, activists uh, essentially ambush her on the air and call call after call if possible. I don't know. Nobody has really committed firm to doing this yet so it may bomb it might might bomb out but the more activists we have the more likely more of them will participate in things like this and that will definitely make that particular politician feel mighty uncomfortable with what she's doing well so much for the element of surprise let's go to your phone calls here we're planning it in 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 public it's being planned on nhfree.com the forums right now and let's go to matt in illinois you can bring up anything matt you're on the amp line evening gentlemen hey what's on your mind I'm not going to be as exciting as the conspiracy theorists, <laughs> but um, a couple weekends ago, um, I was invited to the Builder, Bilderberg Group, and I could have gone there. I could have taken my kids to Me this too. Stuff. You were invited yeah. to the Bilderberg Group. How's that yeah, invitation could, come around? Well, I could have taken my kids to this 1830s uh, village in Naperville, which is what I decided to do instead. The Bilderbergers acclimated them. Yeah. So um, anyway, Mark was talking about not setting up the mailbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. federal uh, federal post office box. Yeah, not not actually putting I, one in the ground on your new house. And when I uh, when I went to this uh, 1830s village, they had the the mail house, the house where the mail came to um, back in the 1830s, a long time ago. Mm. Speaking about dwelling on the past, mm-hmm. and it was very interesting. They were telling us how they paid for mail back then. And back in the 1830s, the receiver paid for the for the letter. Yeah, I remember that. He would. He would. You remember that? Okay. Well, I, 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 I remember the, it from school. Yes. <laughs> and they had uh, they had this these uh, silver pieces. And back in the 1830s, there was a uh, a money crisis going on, and they used silver coins. They used Spanish coins. Mm-hmm. And the they uh, a letter one letter would cost what was known as a picayune, yeah, which was one sixteenth of the silver. Wow! And they showed us that it was it was it was really neat. It was one sixteenth of an ounce of silver. The silver coins. So were what if ounce. you didn't want the mail? Could you refuse it? That's that's the point I was going to make. Make it quick. I, you got twenty I, seconds. Yeah, you could refuse it, and so if you went to the mail office today and they had junk mail, just say I don't want it. Then what, what would happen? Uh, hopefully it would bounce back to the original sender, and they'd have to pay the bill because it made it all the way across the country. Somebody's going to have to pay for it. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. It's been Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. We'll join you tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night, and you can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The cynic says, I started losing my hair, and there was nothing I could do. I wore a baseball cap because I was self-conscious. The believer says, I started using Avacor two months ago, and already I'm regrowing my own hair. My bald spot is going. No caps for me. Are you a cynic? Avacor's formula is FDA approved to regrow your own hair in as little as two months. Avacor's topical formula contains the only ingredient approved by the FDA to regrow hair without risk of sexual side effect. Call right now and ask about getting a free month supply of Avacor and receive boost just for trying Avacor. Boost can make your hair visibly thicker with its first application. Call 1-800-451-8920. That's 1-800-451-8920. This is a limited time offer, so call now. Call 1-800-451-8920. 1-800-451-8920. Or log on to avacorradio.com.